Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Wednesday, June 21st, 2023. We've got a great weekend in the MLB this week. Uh, Father's Day weekend. The people were out at those games. We had the 2024 SEC schedule released last week, so we're going to be running through all of that. Uh, obviously, some NFL news, college football news, and then we'll close it out. Top three, bottom three, D1 college football mascots. Kind of redoing this draft that me and Nathan did just a couple of months ago, um, but changing up the rules a little bit. So I've got Brock with me. He's back from Ole Miss. And um, Brock, you ready to get into this? I am very ready. All right. Let's start in the MLB. Like I said, the games were booming, especially in person. It was the best attended Sunday since 2008, with more than 600,000 fans attending the games. That's fantastic to see for the MLB. Yeah, that is really good news. And uh, I was thinking, is it because of all the new rules implementing or if it's because there's more competition, I feel like, in the MLB this year than there has been the previous years? Yeah, I I think it's a good mixture of both. I think people are kind of like happy that, you know, your ballpark experience is maybe not going to last like five hours. (laughs) But at the same time, I, I think you're right. This has been an exciting year. It's been uh, a lot of storylines, a lot of you know big performances. Guys like Luis Arias are really causing like a big stir. Um, Ronald Acuna, of course, uh, the allure of all these players and all these faces of the franchises being healthy and being here, like with Tatis coming back from his suspension and a lot of guys coming back from injury. Joey Votto made his season debut just the other day. Like a lot of things are kind of piling up for the MLB, and it's making it look really good. Um, they had their best average attendance for a Sunday since 2014. And in total this past weekend, more than 1.5 million fans were in attendance across those 45 games. Wow. Yeah, that's fantastic, especially considering like, yeah, of course they get, you know, kind of each team has three opportunities to get quite a few people in the ballpark on a weekend. But MLB ballparks hold significantly less than like a college football or NFL stadium. Mm-hmm. Even like some of the soccer stadiums hold more than the MLB ballpark. <laughs> and so it, it makes it pretty difficult to get that kind, those kind of numbers. Like when you think about it, you know, what? If they're getting 1.5 million fans across 45 games, then you're seeing a, a pretty, almost a sold out crowd yeah. in every stadium. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, this weekend I saw the Braves post all three games were sold out. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, that is a popular thing. You know, seeing all the people in our area, especially, mm-hmm. like, it was like going to the game for Father's Day. Yeah. Or, like, on Friday and Saturday going out to the ballpark. Like, it, it's a fun experience. It, it's, oh, yeah. it's a summer thing. And yeah. It works very well coinciding with Father's Day. Definitely. But this weekend, a few teams got sunned. <laughs> <laughs> The Astros, Dodgers, and Yankees all got swept this weekend, and that's just Woo. a win for America. That is. Because I'd be willing to say probably, I don't know, 75% of baseball fans were pretty happy that all three of those teams lost. And it also improved the Reds' win streak after sweeping the Astros. They moved it to eight straight games. It's their longest streak in over a decade. Wow. Yeah, absolutely correct. The Reds have been a very exciting team. You know, with Ellie De La Cruz coming up and just being this anomaly, they've had great pitching uh, across the board from their young guys. Guys like Spencer Steer at shortstop, just, or I think third base and shortstop, but guys like that really making this team exciting. And 
they haven't lost a game in the state of Texas this season, <laughs> which is tough because the Rangers are one of the best teams in baseball. The Astros are fantastic. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty good thing to see. Um, but like I said, Luis Arias is drawing some attention. His third five for five for five performance of the season. Wow. And his second in the last week. Wow. Holy Moved crap. his batting average back to four hundred after his zero for twelve streak uh, last week. And for the first time since 2011, the Marlins are 10 games over 500. I know. It's crazy seeing the Marlins doing good all of a sudden. Yeah, I know. And they, they kind of flew under the radar doing it. Because all mm. that anybody's really talking about with them is Luis Arias. And then I see MLB's power rankings come out this week. And I'm just like looking at it. I'm like, okay, yeah, Rays, Braves, B- Orioles, Rangers, those kind of teams. And then I see number nine and I'm like, the Miami Marlins are number <laughs> nine in the power rankings right now. Yeah. What are, what world are we living <laughs> in? <laughs> but it's a world that I like to live in because the Mets fucking suck. I hate the <laughs> They now have 10 losses when scoring six plus runs this season. <laughs> That's the most in the MLB. And compared to last season, they were 55 and four when they scored six plus runs. <laughs> like that is a significant drop off. The only thing that would bring me more joy is if the Nationals can pull it off and be better than the make the Mets go to the bottom of the East. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I don't see that happening. The Nationals are fucking atrocious. Yeah, they're the Nationals, <laughs> man. But, yeah, the Mets, like, who would have thought adding the AL Cy Young to your starting rotation would make your pitching worse? <laughs> like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, And you lost Jacob DeGrom, who you always complained about being injured. He's not on your team anymore, and you still can't pitch well. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Um, but then some an interesting stat here. Shohei Otani, of course, just the most yeah. entertaining player in this in, in sports, probably. Um, he had a 117.1 mile per hour hit for a home run off of Zach Granke. And Zach Granke's pitch was only a 69.7 mile per hour curveball. That's the hardest hit. <laughs> batted ball on a pitch slower than 70 miles per hour in the stat cast era holy crap <laughs> think about like the amount of force that you've got to generate to hit yeah. something moving at 70 miles per hour to make that turn around and go a hundred and almost uh, like almost 120 miles per hour yeah that is insane <laughs> yeah it's absolutely crazy and then our last thing here just a, a crazy coincidence really um charlie colberson's dad was scheduled to throw out the first pitch for the Braves on Sunday, and hours before that was going to happen, the Braves DFA'd Charlie Culverson to make space to bring up Chadwick Trump while um, while Sean Murphy is uh, day-to-day, and that's just so tough, man. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine being his dad be like, yeah, like this is a big day for me. I'm going to throw the first pitch in front of a sold-out crowd at Truist Park. And then his son's like, Charlie Culberson calls him. He's like, hey, bad news, dad. He's like, what? Like, I'm at the ballpark. I'm ready. And he's like, I actually just got cut. (laughs) Yeah. But they did have Michael Harris Sr., obviously Michael Harris the second's dad, uh, go out and throw out the first pitch on Father's Day. So that made up for it. Yeah, that's rough, man. Yeah, it was brutal. Um, But let's get into the NFL because this story is fucking crazy. Uh, Patriots cornerback Jack Jones was arrested at Logan Airport after two firearms were found in his carry-on. He was charged with two possessions of each, possession of a concealed weapon in a secure area of an airport, 
possession of ammunition without a firearm identification card, unlawful possession of a firearm, carrying a loaded firearm, and possession of a large capacity feeding device. So just for that feeding device alone, he's looking at a minimum prison sentence of 2.5 years to 10 years. Wow. Uh, so I think it's safe to say he won't be a patriot much longer, but, uh, it actually did just come out today. He pled non-guilty. Okay. So I feel like that's kind of hard to appeal. If they found all this shit on you, it's pretty hard to not be guilty. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what his defense is going to be. You know, he said, uh, that it looks like, I guess his lawyer. Yeah. His attorney, uh, Rosemary Ship. P.O.? I don't know how the fuck I'm going to say it. That he's a good lawyer. (laughs) He had no intention of bringing any guns into Logan Airport that day. um, And that he had no... Wait, that's the same fucking quote twice. Um, And that he expects the evidence is going to show that he had no knowledge of what was going on. I feel like that's a pretty... You're, You're pleading like... I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird defense. Isn't there a whole book about how ignorance of the law is no defense or something? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right. It, it, like, just... Just... I don't know. Like, this is just so crazy. How do you just accidentally take two guns loaded and have ammunition on accident to the airport? Yeah. Dude, before I went to the airport, I, like, made sure, like, okay, I don't have any knives in my bag. Like, I don't have, like, this or that. Like, I, like, wiped my bags before I go to the airport. Like, how the fuck do you just be (laughs) like, oh, shit. I forgot my two guns and ammunition were in this bag. Oh, dude, I totally, yeah, like. I packed my socks on top of it. I couldn't see it. Like, there have been times, like, oh, crap, I've got my pocket knives on me. But, you know, I can take that off, you know, but it's a gun exactly like i'm fine like if i had gotten to the airport and i was like oh shit like this pocket knife's in here yeah i'd fucking throw it in the trash no it's yeah you gotta (laughs) sacrifice it at that point but you have two fucking guns and you brought ammunition like (laughs) that's fucking crazy yeah that's wild yeah that that's interesting but um maybe the plea deal he got for pleading guilty was just too crappy he has to take going non-guilty yeah I, I still haven't seen anything about him actually getting cut. Um, apparently, they're not, like, biting on this yet. Yeah. So, they're going to maybe let things play out. And what's funny is, with situations like this, we might end up kind of finding out how this case is going before we really know. Because at some point, the Patriots are just going to drop him. Because <laughs> they're going to have some information that the media doesn't. And they're just going to drop him. Everybody's going to be like, well, I guess he's done. Yeah. <laughs> but didn't he also come out that he uh, was saying stuff about John Morant, too? I'm but sure. how dumb he was? I'm sure he was. I think just about everybody has. But what an insane story. And just like an insane coincidence. Yeah. I, I really don't know what happened there. But um, let's move on to this next one. Another guy breaking the rules. Not really as much on that <laughs> level. But uh, Pro Football Talk released the news that a current NFL player had $8 million in gambling losses last year. Wow. <laughs> so apparently they do have a name but cannot disclose it yet. Supposedly it is insane. 
when we're going to find out, we're going to be very surprised by the player. Aaron Rodgers. I was about to say, any <laughs> <laughs> any guys in particular you can think of, it could be a first-time offender, it could be a repeat offender like Calvin Ridley. Mm. Maybe Calvin Ridley was <laughs> throwing bands at like the fucking NBA Finals. Maybe, dude. <laughs> it's gonna, it, I, I'm very intrigued. Yeah. What I want to know is how many bets did it take to get to $8 million? Yeah. Because cause it could have been you thought you were just balling and you were throwing like million-dollar bets down on shit yeah. like Mattress Mac. <laughs> or you did way too many like $100, 10 you know, a couple hundred-dollar bets on like fucking like European basketball. <laughs> <laughs> like is this some degenerate shit or is yeah. this some like I make a lot of money, I'm going to ball out type shit? It's I think it's the latter. Yeah. Definitely, I make a lot of money. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, he was like, put a hundred thousand on this. Because <laughs> if it was me, put a hundred. <laughs> it'd be if it was me betting, it'd be like Korean baseball, four a.m. <laughs> you know, it's the only thing I'm up for. Yeah. <laughs> that would be interesting. On if I, Brock, I'll hold you accountable. This if you ever tell me that you were betting on KBO baseball. I might have to, like, we have to sit down and have yeah. a conversation. <laughs> I have walked in way too early. I have actually woken up at, like, 5, 6 a.m. for work, and I've seen people gambling on Korean baseball that early in the morning, and I have a feeling they didn't wake up for it. They've been awake. Yeah. Yeah, there's a good chance that they were. Yeah, because, you know, you walk in, and you're like, oh, hey, and like, hey, man, dude, dude, man, tell how much I put on this. And you're like, oh, you need to go to sleep. Dude, you got any fucking you got any picks for the KBO? <laughs> yeah, dude. Bet on a oh, what's the team name? I forget the team name. I just ruined that joke. That's upsetting. Yeah, I think they have a Hyundai team. I think <coughs> Hyundai something because I know that's a Korean company. Mm. But the Buccaneers are signing Rodrigo Hot Rod Blankenship. Let's go. That's kicker. Uh, I think a lot of people probably saw the clip of Baker Mayfield. Walking up to him, I think kind of while he was really like trying out for the team, essentially at practice, Baker walks by and goes, I still don't like you (laughs) (laughs) because of Georgia defeating Baker Mayfield and Oklahoma in that college football playoff semifinal. But I think Rodrigo just needed a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like he started off very well, but with kickers, especially young kickers, people are very willing to just cut him and get a new one. Yeah. Because like, you know, let's say you missed three field goals. In, in a row or in, like, you know, the span of two weeks, mm-hmm. that's enough for them to just be like, well, you should make all of them and then cut you and then just find the next guy to do the exact same thing to. Yep. Yeah, unless you're finding a, a career-type guy like Justin Tucker and mm-hmm. an Adam Vinatieri kind of guy, like, you're probably not going to stay there too long. Yeah. But hopefully it works out for him. I think they now have two Georgia players uh, as specialists. I think their punter is uh, Jake oh, Martin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do. So... Buccaneers building their own Philadelphia Eagles, starting with the special teams. <laughs> yeah, let's see who's a uh, buck longer, Baker or the kicker. <laughs> My money's on the kicker. Yeah, I, I got a, if if Hot Rod has a decent season, he could end up being a Buccaneer longer than Baker Mayfield. <laughs> but let's talk about the Titans because apparently Yeesh. Malik Willis made a surge in minicamp this week, put him at QB two over Will Levis. Oh, who who saw this one? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, reportedly Willis has kind of put his best foot forward, and that included a very strong practice on Wednesday. Meanwhile, Will Levis getting off to quite a slow start. Like, Mm. I understand this because Malik Willis has, like, actual NFL game experience, multiple games in the NFL of experience. Yeah. Will Levis doesn't. 
Mm-hmm. He has honestly a, a bad amount of experience. <laughs> yeah. And I think that this kind of is just how things are going to go, especially in the offense that they run. You don't get to show off much as a passer, mm-hmm. but when you get the opportunities, you have to capitalize on them. And if yeah. Will Levis isn't doing a good job of that, then he shouldn't be even considered. I agree. And exactly, exactly what you said is Willis has a year under his belt. Yeah. Levis is a new rookie. Honestly, to me, I think they're both about on the same level. So they, I don't think the Titans have really done anything too big in the quarterback department. Yeah, that's a good point. And, I think we've talked about how I think their issue is that they can't develop them. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely. that could be an issue for Will Levis because he needs work. He, he is a he, he is a project. He's there's a reason a he polishing. dropped. Yeah, there's a reason yeah. he dropped in the draft is that people maybe didn't want to spend the time getting him ready. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's talk about Saquon Barkley's situation. He's he might sit out all of training camp if he and the Giants aren't able to um, to reach an agreement before the July tw- or July 17th deadline for a long-term contract. So I think this situation is interesting because obviously early in the offseason, they gave Daniel Jones the bag. Yeah, for no reason. Yeah, and I get that the running back market and the quarterback market are extremely different. Mm-hmm. The NFL in general values running backs significantly less than a lot of players on the field. Yeah. And I, I think that Saquon... Certainly deserves to get paid. He's a, a top 10, I'd say. Um, at least over the last couple of years, you could argue for him to be like a top 7, maybe, kind of running back in the league. And he deserves to get paid. It's just a matter of if the Giants truly feel the need to pay him that much. Like You can ask for as much money as you want, but they obviously have a number in mind. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's, it's a tough situation. Yeah, we talked about this before, and... I definitely think the amount they paid Daniel Jones is insane. No yeah. offense to Daniel Jones, but he's he's a good quarterback. Not great, not bad, not amazing, just good. Yeah. He can get the job done. On occasion, he can make those big plays. However, I think there are much better quarterbacks they could have spent that money on or waited for. I said it before. I think they should have given uh, Barkley a, a payday beforehand, before they gave him one, and then yeah. said, hey, you know, he does – arguably more than you. That offense is very reliant on Saquon Barkley being good. And yeah. we saw that this past season. He was without Saquon Barkley, that offense really wasn't anything. Once he was back into the back in the game, it completely changed the, yeah. the entire team dynamic and how their offense was ran. So I still think it was a bad idea not to give him the money that he whether it's the money he thinks he should get or at least the money they they think he should get, they should have paid him first, got him taken care of before they got Daniel Jones taken care of. Yeah, you know They've spent a similar amount of time in New York, and they were both relatively high draft picks mm-hmm. in their respective draft classes. And uh, I think that the way that the Giants see it, which is how a majority of the NFL sees it, is that you got to lock down the quarterback. True, yeah. And what we saw from Daniel Jones last year was very, very good. Much mm-hmm. better than what we really imagined seeing out of him at all in his career. Yeah. And if they are confident that, you know, with this offense that, Brian Dable has put together with them and just this entire team that they've put together and the improvements they've added, if they see that what Daniel Jones, kind of his ceiling is, why not give him some money? Yeah. But if 
you know, you know, Saquon is an integral part of this offense. He opens things up for Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Just by being on the field, there's always a threat that that ball's going to go to him. Yeah. And when it doesn't, it throws everybody off because it's like, okay, so they didn't give it to Saquon. Now what? Yeah. Like, that's what he leaves the defense with when Saquon's on the field. When he's not on the field, yes, we know that Daniel Jones is a relatively good runner and a pretty good passer, mm-hmm. but... If there's no Saquon there to distract them, go straight at the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> and we saw this the previous years when Saquon got injured. Yeah. And uh, maybe it's because the Giants said, hey, there are many other really good running backs we can pick up and free agency, trade for, et cetera. Why should we waste a bunch of money on you if we could just pick up another running back yeah. or draft one, whatever it may be, you know? So, who knows? Yeah. But I still think they uh, – I will say exactly – to your point, Saquon Barkley basically is the key to this offense, and without him, mm-hmm. they got to change their entire game plan. Yeah, yeah, they will, certainly. Uh, I do want to talk about this little story. So The Athletic uh, put out this article, um, and it's about uh, a young boy named Logan Hale, who I think two years ago um, died. Um, he was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Um, and he was a huge Christian McCaffrey fan. His parents, uh, I believe were from Northern California. Um, and I think his dad was like a Stanford fan. Yeah. And then, um, they, but they lived in, I believe like New Jersey, somewhere up in the Northeast. Um, so like a lot of the teams that the people around them were rooting for were like NFL teams, but he rooted for Stanford. And when Christian McCaffrey went to the Panthers, he became a Panthers fan and he's just, all about a Christian McCaffrey fan. And um, when he was starting to spend time in the hospital, um, he had, like I believe, like an Xbox or a PlayStation in his uh, hospital room and wanted to know why not everybody else had him because obviously he was in like the, the children's part of this hospital. And they started working on raising money and reaching out to companies to start supplying kids in hospitals with video game consoles for their rooms, which so fantastic. Yeah. It is something amazing. Um, and especially for a young kid to want to do that for other people is fantastic. But he did get the opportunity to meet Christian McCaffrey and they had a long conversation. Uh, Christian McCaffrey became uh, kind of, boosted this with his uh, like philanthropic endeavors, boosting this cause and really putting some shine on it. I think like some really big name players uh, donated to it. Guys like, yeah, Derwin James, Austin Eckler, Saquon, Brian Burns, uh, Fred Warner, actually with the, um, he ended up, his live stream raised over $100,000 for wow. it. Um, defensive to- uh, lineman Solomon Thomas also raised a ton of money for it. And, um, unfortunately he did pass away, uh, at the age of 13, but, um, some of the last words that he ever heard came from Christian McCaffrey, who was his idol. Yeah. Um, and Christian soon after, um, Logan's passing, Christian met with his family and all this stuff. And they let him know that Logan was buried in Christian McCaffrey's Jersey. Ugh. Wow. Like, that is just insane to hear. But the fact that Christian, amongst other NFL athletes, are carrying on Logan's legacy and 
in pushing this foundation forward is so fantastic. So when I oh, saw yeah. this article, I, I I knew I had to talk about it because it it really pulls at the heartstrings. So if you oh, guys yeah. do want to uh, read this one, it's a free article on the Athletic, which I hate the Athletic because you <laughs> have to pay for it. But luckily, this one's free. It came from David Lombardi, so a fantastic job there. But let's move on to college football news. Um, some interesting stuff. So let's talk UCF real quick. They sold through their allotment of 27,000 season tickets for the fourth time since 2019. Wow. And it seems like the people are excited for the Big 12. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would be. <laughs> yeah. And they've also got, like, all of these stadium renovations coming. And, like, just, I think, in general, their whole athletic department trying to renovate with mm-hmm. this new uh, income from being a part of the Big 12. But... I'm kind of surprised. I didn't realize that UCF had this strong of a fan base. Yeah, I, I'm also very surprised. I thought they just kind of all came out of the woodworks for that yeah. fake national title. But, I mean, obviously they are. They have a good fan base. Yeah, like, I, I'm I'm really not sure, like, how big their stadium really is. But 27,000 season tickets is... I believe phenomenal. it's a... They can seat about 50,000. Yeah, <laughs> well, shit, like that's that's fantastic, and seeing that it's the fourth time since 2019, like that is crazy. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And now seeing all this, why they were wanting to go to the Big Twelve? They yeah. sell out their tickets, they get fans in, they have a big stadium, obviously have a big fan base. Like, yeah, that's exactly what you want to be, go ahead to the next level. Yeah, and some other teams want to keep moving up as well. San Diego State. This is kind of the way that I my brain shot it back out at me was San Diego State wants to leave, mm-hmm. but no one like officially wants them yet, and the Mountain West is not going to help them leave. Yeah. <laughs> so basically everything is against them to make a move, but San Diego State gave the Mountain West written notice this week that the school intends to resign from the Mountain West. Then San Diego State asked the Mountain West for a one-month extension given unforeseen delays involving other collegiate athletic conferences beyond their control. And the Mountain West didn't approve any exceptions they requested. And um, they will not be given a reduced exit fee or the ability to pay out the exit fee in installments. So they're going to have to pay the full exit fee all at once if they yeah. want to make a move to either the Big 12 or Pac-12, which is where it would mm. most make sense for them to go. Yeah. Um. What do you think about San Diego State moving up? Because I feel like they could. Uh, I definitely think they could. It, it would make sense to me for, to have them move to the Pac-12. Yeah. It just makes sense, especially with the loss of the two Southern Cal teams, bringing mm-hmm. in another Southern Cal team. It, it would make sense. It makes the most sense to me. They have a large fan base. They have a big area to pull from, so it would, again, make sense, but a dick move by the Mountain West. Yeah, but I also kind of get it. San Diego State is probably, you know, one of the big teams in that conference. It's, like, really yeah. them and Boise State. Um, so I, I kind of understand it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um, yeah, it's kind of a dick move not letting a team that has brought your conference a lot of success yeah. to move on to better things. Yeah, and it's... The two, uh, exactly like you said, the two teams in the Mountain West are the Boise State and Pac, or oh my goodness, Boise State and San Diego State. Yeah. And I wouldn't be, like, to me, when I think of the teams going to Pac 12 that would move up, it would be Boise State and San Diego State. Yeah. They're out there by everybody else. They have a pretty large fan base. They sell out, usually. I mean, 
It would make sense. Yeah, yeah, it really would. Um, but another team that wants to leave their conference, SMU. Uh, but for them to leave the American Athletic Conference, the bylaws call for a $10 million payment and Oof. a 27-month notice for them to withdraw from the conference. So um, looks like SMU hasn't announced any intentions to leave as of now, but they've definitely been one that's rumored to the Big 12. Yeah, uh, again, that wouldn't make sense to go to the Big 12. They are another school. Historically, before they got the death penalty all those years ago, yeah. they were a top program in the nation. Yeah. I mean, hell, Gerald R. Ford played for them, right? Mm-hmm. No, he played for Michigan. Who was the president played for them? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. There was a president played there. Yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure like they won a national championship. Yeah. Well, you know, long-ass time ago, but they, I'm pretty sure they have. Historically, they're a good football program. Again, yeah. they get the death penalty from the NCAA and screwed them over, but they're another team. They get a lot of fans. They're in Texas, so there's a lot of fans there. in Dallas, so yeah. a lot of people are fans of them. Come watch them. They can make that jump up there and be back in the national title conversation. A lot of fans will come out for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, one last little thing before we kind of get into the the information, or, you know, le- less news, more conversation-based for the college football stuff. A little fun fact that I saw. More people in the U.S. last year watched Minnesota versus Syracuse in the Pinstripe Bowl than they watched this year's clinching game of the Stanley Cup. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, how crazy is that? Because, like, I feel like, in my eyes, the reason that this happens is as I'm not even like a big NBA fan and I'm definitely not a big NHL fan, but during like I watched the NBA finals. Same. And it just kind of lines up where the hockey games are typically either on at the same time or like they're on on the off day. Mm-hmm. And it kind of works out perfectly a lot where like I'll just kind of watch the NHL because the NBA is not on mm-hmm. where it's like it's on the other channel. So I'll turn it on during a commercial. Yeah. Like, that's why I would tune into the Stanley Cup. And I'll kind of pay attention to it. But the clinching game was, like, the day after the NBA Finals. So everybody was still so, like, wrapped up. Like, it was like, okay, season, like, sports are over. Yeah. <laughs> NBA Finals are over. It's all done. And I think that's probably what plummeted those numbers. Yeah. I definitely, I have to agree, I watch all the championships of all the sports. Yeah. Because I think it's interesting. It's like right now, especially, there's no football on. So why not watch them? There's nothing on at night. Why not? Yeah. 8, 8 p.m., 7, 8 p.m. I'll flip over to. And I actually watched all the uh, Stanley Cup games this year for some reason. I guess I'm a <laughs> hockey fan now. You know, the rumors of Atlanta getting a team. So I'm having to learn about the, the game all over again. But uh, I have to agree. I, it's just football is. But you yeah, remember, football is. Number one in America by a large margin. Yeah. So it makes sense at the same time why like a regular SEC day would get more viewers than a NBA final or something like that. Yeah. Like I'd probably say that like uh you know we're gonna talk about these twenty twenty four schedules, but mm. Georgia at Alabama. Oh yeah. Is gonna get probably more viewership than like multiple NBA games combined. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Because it's just the following and, and like the the allure of that kind of game brings in so much viewership just well, on a Saturday. If you just look at the stadiums and uh, yeah. the arena can only hold twenty thousand people, Sanford Stadium in Georgia in Athens can hold ninety five thousand people. Yeah. So just that alone tells the difference of uh, this uh, way difference of 
how people view the games. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's get into this. The most <laughs> profitable athletic departments in 2022, we've got the, what is this, top 30? Yes. Um, or what? 5, 10, 15, 20, Yeah, yeah, top 30. 30. And we'll start at 30. My school, Kennesaw State University. Which is really crazy to me because yeah. y'all can't sell out a football game. Exactly. I've never even been to one. <laughs> yeah, I've been to one in my life, and that's because we had free tickets to it. Yeah. And they're moving up to Conference USA this upcoming yep. year. No hate to – not trying to say anything hateful towards Kennesaw State. I would love – we know their head coach. We know their head coach's sons. We grew up with yep. them. I actually reached out for a job with the head coach. I don't <laughs> want to say anything bad to them. However, how are you um, – to be a Division One stadium, you have to have a minimum of 15,000 seats. Yeah. They only have 8,000. How are they supposed to move up? I have a feeling they're just going to expand. Well, you've seen their stadium. No, I know. How you, there's not a lot of land. Yeah, how do you expand? <laughs> but, um, you know, they're going to have to do it Yeah. regardless. And I've, I've seen things you're required to keep a – a minimum attendance as well. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if they'll be able to do that either. Yeah, well, I don't know. We'll just kind of have to see. Um, I, I think that also a big part of this has been basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, we and were, baseball. Yeah, basketball and baseball have been very good. Obviously, last year, uh, I think they made a play-in game mm-hmm. uh, in March Madness, yeah. and they made the college baseball world, or what, regionals? Or I super think they regionals? Uh, made, went up to the super regionals. Yeah, I think they made super regionals. And then... This season, they were in March Madness. They won a game. I think one. I think one they game. won a game and lost. Yeah, but a, a relatively big upset. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's brought a ton of attention. But also, um, we've talked about this, how you know the lower division schools cost a lot less to operate their athletic departments. And I think that KSU has done a great job of bringing a little bit of this fan attention to it. More people are seeing it. More people are hearing about the university. Players being drafted. Like, their first ever draft pick was this year. Yeah. Like, things like that bring attention. Slowly. Yeah. But they do bring attention. Now, with the them moving up to Conference USA, they're going to get more and more. And, like, it's going to continue growing. But it also makes the athletic department more expensive to run. Mm-hmm. So, they really need to work on growing their fan base. Because they have a potential to kind of take over this area of North Georgia. Obviously, Georgia still holds true in majority of the state. Yeah. But Georgia Tech is very limited in their reach. It's just the metro area. Mm -hmm. Kennesaw State, I see, you know, with them growing, a lot of people go to the university. It's not, you know, a hard university to get into, more like Georgia Tech. It's not an expensive university for people to attend. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes it more of like the common man's team, the common man's school in the state of Georgia. It's a growing school, growing population. It's in a growing area as well. Like Kennesaw is a booming place right now for people moving there, just for businesses. Like everything is doing very well in that area because it's outside of Atlanta but it's still got like that it's still the feel of mm. Atlanta like it's it's in Cobb County so it's still in Atlanta yeah. when you think about it and and I'm doing air quotes <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i i think that Kennesaw State has the opportunity to either continue moving up this list because it does seem like a lot more people are willing to attend like events mm. I, i've i've seen 
tr- trust me, I had to park in the deck where the ba- like all the parking is for the basketball uh, arena. And I had a late class. <laughs> and I always, every single time, got out of that class right when everybody was going into the stadium. <laughs> and I, oh, God, it pissed me off. <laughs> but um, nonetheless, I, I think they've done a great job. But let's move on, uh, kind of run through a couple of these. So Cincinnati at 7.44. Uh, and then uh, Fresno State at 7.61. West Virginia at 8.12. Arkansas at 8.19. So that's kind of the the tw- or the 35 or ugh, 30 through 26. I think the what do you think is the most surprising outside of KSU? I think is obviously the most yeah. surprising. Which one surprises you out of these, you know, there's three power or now three power fives, one group of five there. Um what do you think about those ones? Um Fresno State's very surprising as well. I was yeah. not expecting that. Cincinnati I get they're moving up. Makes yeah. sense. You know, West Virginia or West Virginia Arkansas, big time program. So it makes sense here there, but Fresno State's very as all another one that's like, oh wow. Yeah. I think that West Virginia does kind of surprise me because I haven't seen much success in at least the big time sports. True. You know, I'm not really paying attention to what they're doing and they're probably good at wrestling yeah. just because of the area, but Yeah, I don't watch the coal mining championships. So. <laughs> exactly. But like, you know, they don't have a ton of success in college football, not a ton of success in basketball either. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird uh, to see them here, but Arkansas kind of makes sense. You know, an SEC yeah. team, they're pretty good in all sports. Mm-hmm. They've got a good baseball program, a pretty good football program, pretty good basketball as well. So that makes sense. Um, but let's move into 25 through 21. And we'll start it off with Milwaukee at 25. Insane. Yeah, that is absolutely crazy. I, I, I want to pull up some of like, like what is the attendance? I didn't even know there was a University of Milwaukee, so... Oh, of course there is. But. Well, like it, uh, of course there is, but I was not expecting... <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm very surprised to see Milwaukee's name on here. There's one more that's much more surprising on this list. <laughs> yes. But, uh, and I've seen Milwaukee in, like, a couple of things, but... um. I, I do think it's interesting to see them here. Let's see. In fall of 2021, their total undergrad enrollment was 20,000. Just under 20,000. That's not too far from Ole Miss. Yeah, it's really not that bad. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. You know, being in a relatively big city in the north, probably a lot of, like, I didn't make it into Wisconsin. Yeah. I'm going to go to <laughs> Milwaukee. <laughs> probably. But I literally know nothing about their sports. Nope. I What... I would assume they're like FCS, probably. Have to be, right? Yeah. Um, I, I doubt they're Division Two. Um, let's see. They are Division One. Uh, so, so probably FCS. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So they play against like relatively good opponents. Sponsored by Adidas. Yeah, NCAA, they're in the Horizon League. Yeah, that's definitely FCS. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, I think, like, Loyola, yeah, Loyola Chicago, mm-hmm. I think, is Horizon League. So that means they probably don't have a football team. Um, Let's see. Baseball, basketball, cross-country, soccer, swim and dive, track and field, and then women's basketball, cross-country, soccer, swim, dive, tennis, track and So, field. yeah, they really don't have any big expenditures when you look at it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're not having to, afford, like, pay for the, the football stuff. But, you know, the Horizon League definitely has some decent teams. Um, yeah. Let's see. They've got Cleveland State. 
I don't know who the fuck. That I is. can only tell you who won it. The, hey, that's I can the see. Penguins. I see uh, Youngstown State, yeah. Wright State. Um, let's see IUPUI, Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. Um, well, that's a name. Yeah, I know, right? Um, yeah. Oh, here we go. Okay, so yeah, Youngstown State, Milwaukee, Cleveland State, Northern Kentucky. Yeah, they're the Norse. I knew that. Uh, Oakland, Robert Morris, Wright State. Detroit, Mercy, uh, Purdue, Fort Wayne, Green Bay, and IUPUI. It, it's not a bad conference. They definitely – I see those names a lot yeah. in, like, a, a lot of athletics. You see yeah. them in, you know, baseball. A lot of basketball, mainly because of the area, um, but not not bad. Um, so, yeah, way to go, Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, but the next one, Air Force. Uh, this one's very surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Air Force, I believe, is in the Mountain West. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're not in independent. I think it's just Navy and Army are independent. Navy's in the American and Army's oh, independent. You're right. Okay. So, Air Force being here is pretty surprising because they don't have a ton of athletic success. I think it's because... There's a bunch of big air bases in this area, Colorado, and so you're in the Air Force, you're an Air Force fan. Yeah. So I have a feeling a lot of people in this area, especially at the air base and all that, they take their families on a Saturday, go to the football games, baseball mm-hmm. games, and they've had a good baseball team, good basketball team, so um, I, yeah, I, I did agree. It's very interesting they're on this list, though. Yeah, but, you know, right ahead of Milwaukee, so... <laughs> True. It <laughs> can't be that interesting. But next, Kansas. This one makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think what brings them down almost, because you would think that a team that, or a school that has some success in multiple sports would probably be higher on this list. But I think Kansas's struggle is that it costs a lot of money to operate a program like this. And when yeah. you don't have a huge pull in college football, they've definitely come onto the scene with Lance Leipold as their head coach. But Obviously, basketball is the big thing, and that's probably what's the driving force of this, Mm -hmm. but they have good sports programs across the board. Yeah. Um, So I'm not too surprised to see them here, but I I think, you know, if their football team starts to emerge a little bit more, we can see them higher. Mm -hmm. And then Florida State at $10.36 million. Uh, Once again, not really surprised. It's just it costs a lot to run a program like this, a historic program, um, you know, very good at just about all sports you see them you know college softball they mm-hmm. made they're the runner up in the college softball world series obviously they didn't make college baseball <laughs> yeah first time in like 50 years yeah i know <laughs> don't imagine being the coach for that <laughs> yeah it's almost like you're the son of the coach that got you to all of them or something yeah but um obviously football success soccer like, women's soccer were pretty good. Yeah. Like, we have success across the board uh, in athletics, so I'm not too surprised to see them here. Yeah, I agree. And then Penn State at 10.69, kind of the same deal mm-hmm. with Florida State. You know, historically very good and just kind of across the board in sports. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being kind of the main team for as big of a state as Pennsylvania, um, it makes sense uh, for Penn State to be there. Uh, but the most surprising, undoubtedly on the list, Binghamton <laughs> at $10.98 million. Um, holy shit. Like, yeah. how crazy is that? 
let's see. So, uh, let's look at uh, they've got a population of fourteen thousand three hundred and seven. Well, that's not that much. <laughs> yeah, not as much for producing ten point nine million dollars. Yeah, like that is insane, and like I've I've heard of it, but. Definitely I mean, not on, like, the national stage. Yeah, and I guess since they're in the North, so it's mostly indoor sports, I would imagine. Yeah. They, Let's see. Uh, I don't think they have a list of their sports teams. Oh, teams right here. Okay. Not not a bad lineup of Yeah, all of them. Sports, all of them but, just about everything but football. Yeah. They've got baseball, men's and women's basketball, men's and women's cross country, men's and women's lacrosse. They have men's golf. Uh, softball, swim and dive, both men's and women's, uh, men's and women's soccer, men's and women's tennis, track and field. They have volleyball. They have wrestling. They yeah, essentially everything, but, um, but football. So not bad. Um, they're in the America East Conference. Huh. Never heard of that one. I believe it's D two. No, no, it is. It's low D one. Because, oh, yeah, it's like, FCS, te- yeah, it's yeah, it's an FCS one. Because um, it's like UMBC, Maine, Vermont. Yeah, Vermont, UMass Lowell, Bryant, who's a team that's made like the, the, the NCAA tournament for basketball a couple of times. So, yeah, yeah. this is surprising. They've made $10.98 million. Yeah, no, it's absolutely crazy. Like, are, are there teams like winning a lot? They have to, <laughs> yeah. Or is it just because they're like a relatively notable um, New York University? Uh, I think that could be a part of it. Um, yeah, it like, gives uh, people go there, have something to do on a Saturday, on a yeah. random day, get a ball game to attend. Yeah, I, I think that you know they're in uh, they're in Broome County, New York. Let's <laughs> see where the fuck that is. Um, let's see. Where the fuck is this place? <laughs> it's in rural New York, right yeah. over the Pennsylvania border. In uh, yeah, Binghamton. That is so interesting. Yeah, just a random ass spot. Yeah, this is so random. I I guess they must have maybe some some great boosters. Uh, yeah, good for them, I guess. Yeah, this like I'm I'm saying it's it's crazy. Cool, cool logo. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Where are the Bearcats? Bearcats, huh? So they do it better than Cincinnati. <laughs> Facts. That's a cool ass logo. What's their mascot's name? Baxter. Baxter the Bearcat. Fuck yeah, dude. My boy. All right, I'm a Binghamton is my is my low D one team <laughs> officially. But let's continue this list. Virginia coming in at eleven point three three. Nebraska at twelve point two four. Oregon at 12.95, and Texas at 14.14. Which is crazy. I would expect them to be a lot higher. Yeah. Um, I I think the thing is, is that, yeah, you can pump as much money as you want, but you have to still be successful. Yeah, I guess you know, a lot of that money that, that they pay their players for and all that's in there too, so. Yeah, you can't be profitable when all of the booster money goes to the players. Yeah. There's another team in the next part of the list that does the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. Across these four, you know, obviously outside of Binghamton, um, obviously Texas is the biggest surprise, but I'm 
kind of surprised by Nebraska being up here. Yeah. They seem like a team that doesn't compete very highly in a lot of sports. They don't they're not in the best area. Yeah. Like they don't have a huge draw. Have you ever been to Lincoln, Nebraska? Have not. I have not, but I've known people go there. The only thing they have in Lincoln, Nebraska is the University of Nebraska. Everything in that town revolves around the football team, and I think that's why they're up here is that entire town lives and dies for that school. Yeah. And the, which is good. Not saying anything bad again. Yeah, and it's like that. a it's that's a what relatively need. big yeah. city. Yeah. I mean, it, you, you saw the thing that there's volleyball teams playing on their football stadium, and they yeah. sold it out. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah, absolutely crazy. So uh, you, you don't realize, and then like you start looking into it, it's like, wow, like those little things, $65,000 65, seat stadium sold out for softball or yeah. volleyball, I mean. Good Lord. Yeah, absolutely crazy. And like, yeah, they used to be like a premier college football program. Yeah. So there's obviously still a, a fandom there. Yeah, the history. Yeah, they have history, um, but still kind of surprising to see them up here amongst the likes of Texas and Oregon and Virginia, mm. who are schools that perennially compete across the scape of college sports. Yeah. Um, but let's get into this next five. We've got Clemson at 14.93, and then Missouri at 15.35. Texas A&M at 15.47, uh, Florida at 16.05, and Michigan State at 16.35. These ones all just kind of make sense. I'm yeah. definitely surprised to see Missouri over Clemson. What I've what I've learned about Missouri is the reason Missouri has such a big fan base, because I have a lot of friends from Missouri, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. They are from St. Louis. <laughs> and the only, you know, in Georgia, you have Georgia, Georgia Tech, Georgia State, Georgia yeah. Southern. Alabama, Alabama, Auburn, Troy, yeah. South Alabama, et cetera. Mississippi, you have Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, a bunch of D2 schools. So there's yeah. a lot of other ones. But in Missouri, there's no Missouri. There is, but they're not big time like how all these other states have. They have University of Missouri, and then at like the D2 level, you have Missouri State, and Missouri yeah. Tech. Southeast and, Missouri. Yeah, you have a bunch of these <clears throat> random schools that no one really knows about, goes to, or cares about. Yeah. And if you're in Missouri, you just go to Missouri. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense now that I know, like, because I had never, I mean, it's Missouri, you know. Yeah, you never think of them being like a profitable thing. Yeah. You'd think that, oh, well, they suck at college football, and that's the only place I ever see them. Yeah. <laughs> so they must not make money, but they're making more than Clemson. Yeah. <laughs> um, but A&M, Florida being here makes sense. Yep. They're just two big schools. They're pretty good at just about everything. Yeah, A&M has about a 70,000-person student body. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you have that huge amount of students – you know, filling out games and stadiums and supporting your athletics is not going to be hard. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State also just kind of makes sense up here. Yep. But Illinois at 16.61, that's pretty solid. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of Big Ten up here at the top, yep. I will say. Um, and then Michigan at 17, 17.09, and then you make the big step. This is kind of up towards $20 million. It, At 18.5, Alabama, 18.6, Kansas State. Crazy. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> they played in the bowl game. Um, UCF kind of breaches the top 20 here. How crazy is that? We were just talking about UCF at the start of college football news that they're selling out season tickets, but it seems like they're doing everything. Yeah. They obviously have a very large fan base that loves yeah. their team and are very supportive. 
again, if I think of Florida, I think of Florida State, Miami, University of Florida. Yeah. That's all I think about. I don't think about any other school in Florida. But apparently UCF is a top school in Florida when it comes yeah, to athletics. Exactly. And they're going to need, I think, $110 million more if they want to pay for those stadium renovations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but let's talk the top five. Purdue Crazy. at 22.11. So I think a big part of this is, once again, kind of success across sports. They're, yeah. They were very good at basketball this year. They're a pretty solid football team. Mm-hmm. Um. Did they make the the conference championship game? Was it them? So. I'm pretty sure they did, didn't they? Yeah, I, I think so. At least they have in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, you know, a fantastic wrestling program. Yep. Like when you get into those smaller s- sports as well, the Midwest does a great job. Like cross country, they're pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrestling, swim and dive is a big one in the Midwest. Yeah. Like Purdue is um, perennially involved at the top of just about every sport in college. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to see them here. And then they also have just a very devout fan base. Uh, yeah. It's like a, a relatively small area, but tons of fans of Purdue. Mm-hmm. And then Auburn comes in at 22.98, their only win over Alabama ever. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. The only thing they could beat them at is making more money. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, Kind of surprised to see him here. Yeah, they have historic, they have historic programs across a lot of the big sports, mm-hmm. um, but you know, recent success doesn't seem to be there everywhere. Yeah, I'm also pretty surprised about them here. Obvi- I don't know exactly how it all works, but that is very surprising, especially with the two big buyouts they have. Yeah, like hundreds of millions of dollars to the, yeah. two, the last two coaches. I don't know. But Ohio State comes in at three, Makes 25.88, kind of another kind of big jump, like a $3 million jump in profits there from Auburn to Ohio State. But the next one is a much bigger jump, nine million, just about $9 million jump up to Georgia in second, $34.02 million. Um, once again, it makes sense. Yep. It's really all college football there for Georgia, though. And it's because, as you were saying, in the state of Georgia, everyone's yeah, a Georgia fan. Exactly. And they get so much attention mm-hmm. in just about every sport because of their fan base. But at the national level, college football is yep. dominating. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be... They also have a top swim and dive program. Exactly. They do have a great swim and dive program. <laughs> I think that's where like all of the big tournaments happen. Yeah. They have a, a great facility down there. But number one, might it might be the biggest surprise. I know Binghamton and can or you know, KSU, Milwaukee are here, but Indiana at thirty point thirty four point three seven million is the biggest pro, the most profitable college athletic department last year. Insane. Yeah. They fell apart in football and most every other sport except for basketball. Yeah. Uh, it's it's insane that Obviously, they're this high up. Indiana fans are devout. <laughs> yeah, well, and they, they are, and they have like a very historic basketball team. Yeah, they're not horrible at college football, and you know they play in the Big Ten, so mm-hmm. kind of the second best college football conference. Obviously, we know the Midwest just has a devout fan bases for their colleges. We obviously see it because we have what Illinois, Michigan. Purdue, Ohio State, and Indiana all in the top 10. Mm-hmm. So they have devout fan bases, and I think that's probably the biggest factor in this. Oh, yeah. Something that I feel like 
you can see from all these, I was going to say about Kennesaw State, which is, I'm surprised to hear is, I'm sure if you go to every single one of these universities, with the exception of Kennesaw State, because I live right here and I see fans that go there, and I'm yeah. talking to the guy that goes there right now, you're going to see them wearing their college shirt. Yeah. You're going to see I'm them. actively wearing a different college yeah. shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm so surprised Kennesaw State's up here, because you go to Kennesaw State, you go, I yeah. went there for a game one time. And I saw maybe a handful of people in Kennesaw State stuff. Everybody else was wearing Georgia yeah. or Alabama. And I was like, that's not your – and I understand, you know, your FCS is a little different. But still, that's your school. You should be representing them. Yeah. Like I have some Kansas – like I have some Kansas oh, yeah. stuff. But like it, – like it, okay, a big part of KSU in my mind is that a lot of people go somewhere else and then go to KSU. Yeah. Like – it seems like half the people I meet that go to KSU were like, yeah, I went to, you know, Reinhardt mm-hmm. and it was really expensive. So I transferred to KSU. Yeah. Or like, I didn't like it. For me, I went to Georgia Southern. I didn't like it. Came back to KSU. Like, that seems to be the the big part of this yeah. is that you can go somewhere, try it out. If you don't like it, you can stay close to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You can go to KSU, which is a, a quickly growing university that offers a ton of things. They have a very good engineering program with like the Marietta campus and everything like that. So it makes sense that people are coming back to it. Mm -hmm. But once it becomes a first choice for people is when they'll really start climbing up these kind of lists and become a bigger football program, become a bigger basketball program. Because like they were the winningest basketball program in the state last year. Yep. Over Georgia State, over Georgia, over Tech, like – it's kind of crazy to see how well they're doing in athletics mm-hmm. and how quickly they've gotten to this point. Yeah. Well, you know, just my biggest part, part of saying is it's surprising to see them here because I just don't ever see anybody really wanting to represent them. Because like you said, it's a second choice. You're almost – a lot of people don't want to, aren't proud of it per se. Yeah. And they are successful in every sport. This is the this past season's the first time Kansas State hasn't made the playoffs, or sorry, the second time they haven't made the playoffs since their first year in the FCS. Yeah, and that was because the first year you're not allowed to go. They ha- they're wildly successful, and yet their fans, with the exception of the basketball games, don't really show up, which is just crazy to me to see see them here. I guess yeah, they don't have large facilities, they don't have anything massive, so there's really nothing but profit to make because you're not really having to keep up with a lot. I yeah. suppose because like when you think and when you look at a lot of these schools on here, big parts of their campus is athletics. Mm-hmm. Like they have the big football stadium. They have this big basketball arena and all this stuff. There's fucking classrooms in our basketball arena. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's a whole different thing. It, it, it KSU and with all of these smaller universities that would make it up here, I'm sure Milwaukee and Binghamton are the same way, mm-hmm. but KSU, like the football stadium is, kind of off campus. Yeah. And the baseball stadium, though it's on campus, it's kind of pushed off to the side. Like, everything yeah. is kind of away. Mm-hmm. The, like, where they play soccer, and I think that's the same field as football, right? It is, Fifth yeah. third. Fifth third bank. Bank. Yeah. So, it, it just kind of seems like the on-campus activity of athletic Because, like, in Georgia, Stanford Stadium is just a walk down the road from dorms. Yeah. But... KSU, you got to go over Chastain, like all this shit. It's on the other side of the road, like on the yeah. other side of Chastain. It's hard to get to um, easily. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's kind of part of why 
you don't see this big fandom of athletics at KSU. Is it's a lot of people that it's their second choice. Yeah. Or it's their third choice. Like it, it, that's what happens with KSU, and so people that already are a fan of like for me Florida State for tons of other people Georgia Alabama all these other schools they're gonna hold that fandom because that's the team they liked mm-hmm. but they ended up at KSU. Yeah, true. So. Um, overall, I, I think the, the biggest surprises, of course, making this list, K- KSU, Milwaukee, Binghamton, and then having Indiana that high is crazy. Yeah. Um, but overall, I, I think this is kind of telling, uh, because it's a good survey of overall athletic success. Yeah. As well as for the lower side teams, how well they're doing in comparison to what they're spending mm-hmm. on athletics. So. I think this was an interesting look over, but um, since we're talking about these small colleges, Division Three, University of Wisconsin Eau Claire is building the eighth largest indoor practice facility in all of college football. Wow! It's estimated to cost 110 million, and the facility will be 140 yards long, 70 yards wide, and will have 83 foot ceilings. Wow! This is fucking crazy. That's big. Yeah. And, like, this is not a big school. Obviously, D3, like, fucking Dave Portnoy went out there the other day on, I think it was on the rundown, and was like, why the fuck would you play D3 football? Like, all this stuff. Yeah. And then we get this news, and it's like, dude, UW-Eau Claire is in, like, it's literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it it sounds like it's in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) It is in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, of course. But shockingly, yeah, <laughs> really caught me by surprise. But like, they're they're very far <laughs> out. Like they are truly in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like they, yeah, they're right off of Interstate ninety four. But there's nothing there. They're on the opposite side of the state. Like everything in Wisconsin is either on the water or in Madison. Yeah, and that's in the south part of the state. Green Bay, of course, on the water. It's a bay. Uh, Milwaukee, of course, on the water. Like, it makes no sense that Wisconsin-Eau Claire, first of all, even has, like, this a program. Yeah. <laughs> let alone has a fucking $110 million facility being built right now. This has... There's got to be more into it than just that. There's got to be more information. Like, yeah. oh, we're there's doing... Gotta be, no, there's got to be, like, some guy yeah. that went here. And was just like, fuck it. <laughs> it just yeah. gave him a ton of money. What they just like slowly rise to the ranks like, like by like ten years from now they're D one. Yeah. Next year we're gonna see them on this fucking list of profitable football <laughs> their profitable athletic yeah. departments. They're gonna jump up to FCS yeah. next year. What's crazy is like they're not even the best D three football program in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem here. <laughs> Because Wisconsin Whitewater is so much better. Yeah. <laughs> so, that dude, I don't know. But um, let's talk about this last thing for kind of this stuff before we get into the SEC schedule release. Ohio State Athletics partnered with its law school so student athletes can get NIL contracts reviewed. They wanted to remove as many barriers as possible so it doesn't have to be in person and they go through it pretty quickly. The athletes can upload the contracts and get feedback within 48 hours and it's open to all students. This is a fantastic move. I like that. It's a good idea. Because we sit here and talk every week about how nobody is taking care of these athletes. Mm -hmm. But Ohio State finally doing something that I like. 
<laughs> and in helping out their athletes because not only their athletes but their students yeah exactly all students yeah it, it's good experience on both sides yeah um you know a lot of people aspire to work in a field like this mm-hmm. where you know you're reviewing contracts especially on the sports side of it and at a, a university like ohio state that has such athletic prominence there's probably a lot of students kind of like what I've been looking to get into and you have been looking to get into, which is continuing sports through your career. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a big part of this. And I, I absolutely love this. I think that I think it's a great, just idea. about every school needs to start doing this. Yes. I really like that. So I think this could be a big game changer for NIL. I think we're going to see, because we've talked about how, who knows who's making these decisions, mm-hmm. whether it's the student or it's just some random ass person that they wanted to ask about it. Yeah. Like this kind of cuts out the middleman mm-hmm. for this kind of thing. It's like you don't need to pay for a lawyer. You don't even really have to have an agent. If they're yeah. reaching out directly to you as a player, you submit this contract to these law students. They'll go over it. I'm sure they have very, um, very qualified people doing this. Yes. You know, it's not going to be some fucking freshman <laughs> who's new on campus doing pre-law. Like yeah. they're going to have real law students doing this stuff and i think that this could truly be a huge part of the growth of nil yeah because it's gonna it's gonna make it's gonna force companies that maybe don't you know maybe are trying to look to manipulate these college athletes it's gonna fuck them over Mm -hmm. and that's what needs to happen exactly yes but yeah i think this is a fantastic move yeah oh boo Ugh, yeah, TCU is up 2-0 on Oral Roberts right now. I need my Golden Eagles to come back, man. Yeah. Let's go blowjob bobs. Woo! All right. SEC schedule release. Let's go. Alphabetical order. <laughs> but at the end, we're going to be choosing our easiest one, our hardest schedule, our least entertaining, and our most entertaining schedule. Uh, when I was watching this on the drive home from Oxford, the release, or listening to it more like on the radio... 680. Um, it was every single schedule sounded hard. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I was like, holy crap. They set it up in such a way that every schedule is going to be difficult. Yeah. It, it they definitely have. And, um, we'll just start out with Alabama at home. They get Auburn, Georgia, Missouri, South Carolina. First of all, Georgia at home. That's the, that's the, game on this schedule yep 100 percent. that's the game to circle mm-hmm. it's their first time playing in the regular season since like 20 20 what 2020 no they played in the they didn't play in the regular season i, I don't think they did. no they played in the conference championship and then the there wasn't 2019 it was like pretty it was more recent than yeah I it's been a while but um this is going to be huge obviously these programs aren't going to change all that much mm-hmm. by the time 2024 comes around yeah and i i th- truly think that'll be possibly one of the biggest games of regular season history oh yeah that's gonna be a very massive game yeah um i'm sure those tickets are gonna be expensive insane <laughs> but away they've got lsu oklahoma tennessee and vanderbilt and just to Kind of put this out there. Every single team in the SEC will play either Texas or Oklahoma or both. Yeah. Uh, in 2024. So you've, you're you going to play in Baton Rouge. Um, 
gonna play Norman. yeah in Norman in <laughs> gonna play at Tennessee and then you know at Vandy not a big deal but that's three really tough away games yeah and South Carolina's no cakewalk either no no but they'll be at home well they'll be at home but still South Carolina's got a pretty good team they'll have some good recruits yeah. there yeah I mean on this list the only two easy games Missouri and Vanderbilt yeah yeah I'd say. Because, you know, Auburn's never going to be easy. No. You know, no matter what. It's a rival. Yeah, no matter what they put out on the field. It's never going to be an easy game. But Georgia is obviously extremely tough. We've seen LSU and what they can be mm-hmm. and what they really will be in 2024 as they continue to grow. Obviously, Oklahoma, a huge program, getting better as time goes on with Brent Venables. And then Tennessee, of course, emerging significantly this past year with Josh Heupel. And obviously beating Alabama last year. So this could be, I'd probably say this is going to end up being one of Alabama's hardest schedules. This will easily be one of their hardest schedules in the last two decades. Yeah. And obviously they've gotten rid of kind of division play in this. From what I saw, that from what I, what I was listening to, it sounds like they're going to stick to the pod system. Okay. Which is... You play your three biggest rivals, so Alabama, yeah. it's Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU. So you're going to play them every year, and then you're going to have the other five games. Yeah. And honestly, it sounds like we're going to be in a nine-game nine game SEC schedule come 2024. Not, or yeah. 2025, sorry. Yeah. I really don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> and looking at this schedule, yeah. and if they continue making them this hard... I I'm content with letting oh, them yeah. have four. See, because it's twelve games a season. So yeah, four. And I think it should be you have to play three division one at minimum three division yeah. one, and one has to at least one has to be a power five. Yeah, I, I think it should be that way. But when you look at this, they're like, well, you know, Alabama, and you know their athletic department when they're making the decisions on scheduling who they want to put on their football schedule. When they've already see when they already see that they're playing LSU, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Georgia, and South Carolina, and be like, why the fuck would I want to schedule yeah. fucking Minnesota? Like exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fair, and, and I think it, I think we're gonna end up going to a nine game just because we're gonna fold and be like everybody yeah. else, gonna make us more money or whatever. But I think more like Ole Miss is doing it. Where you they play a. They play a Power Five and then two Group of Fives, and yeah. then they have an FCS. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think it is too. Uh, but let's move on to Arkansas. They've got uh, a relatively tough schedule here. LSU at home, Ole Miss at home, Tennessee at home, Texas at home. Eesh. And in a way, they play Auburn. Um, why does that just say state? Mississippi State. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Mississippi State, Missouri, and A&M. Uh, neutral site game for A&M Arkansas, of course. Only not a single one of those is easy for Arkansas. No, it, it's not. They've got possibly one of the toughest schedules. Easily. Um, They do narrowly avoid Alabama. Yeah. Which, they get lucky there. Yeah. But otherwise, um, I think they've done a pretty good job here. Yeah, that's a um, tough one for Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, like, just looking at this, and I know this is... <laughs> almost two years away, but I see quite a few losses here. I am looking at at least four. 
if yeah. not fives. Or and six. they could be all of the games they play at home. Yeah. <laughs> that top row is rough. Yeah. Like, uh, in theory, they're lucky to be playing at home mm-hmm. for those four games. Yeah. But that's still going to be real hard. Yeah. That's going to be a tough one. Yeah. I'm excited for Texas-Arkansas. I think that's that'll be, be a good, good Yeah, I think that'll be a good matchup to watch. Um, who are the three teams that would be considered Arkansas's, like, pot? Ole Miss, LSU, and a Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then Auburn at home, they've got Arkansas, Vanderbilt, AM, Oklahoma. And away, they've got Bama, Georgia, Kentucky, Missouri. The home games, I'm not too worried about. Like, obviously, AM and Oklahoma could be very good there. Yeah. But it's the away games. Mm-hmm. Their they're two toughest on the schedule are away. Yeah. That sucks. That's always terrible. <laughs> and playing Alabama and Georgia away mm-hmm. is going to be the biggest test they'll yeah. have. And then, again, Kentucky's no cakewalk. No, no. And, and who knows what the fuck Missouri's going to be. <laughs> they make they, money? They have two <laughs> of the top returning. They have the number one and number two top returning linebackers in the SEC. So, good Huge. for them. <laughs> that's that's huge. Uh but LSU, um, I think they've got one of my favorite schedules. Uh they've got Bama at home, Oklahoma at home, Ole Miss at home, Vanderbilt at home, and in a way they've got Arkansas, Florida, Carolina, or South Carolina and A and M. Um I would have liked to see them play Texas. Same. But um I'd much rather see them play Texas than Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, I'd say. So LSU's pod is what Arkansas, Alabama, and Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Uh, it's not bad. Four in a pod, I think. So it'd be yeah. like it's Ole Miss, LSU, State, and Arkansas. I believe are in a pod. Okay. I believe. Yeah. Because when you look at it, because I'm looking at this from Ole Miss point of view, because that's what I know. Ole Miss, LSU have the have a big rivalry. Yeah. Always had a rivalry since the beginning of college football. We've always played each other. Yeah. Since we both started out having our teams. Ole Miss and State, obviously rivals. Ole Miss and Arkansas, pretty big rivalry as well. So, I think it kind of seems like every team has their own pod. Yeah, so every it's weird how it goes. I don't because know. Because you would think it'd be just like these four teams, you play them every year. Yeah. But I don't it doesn't seem like that's the case. I think it's more each like you said, each team has uh They have their three, three yeah. set opponents mm-hmm. and then everybody else. Yeah. And then, because, like, yeah, LSU and Ole Miss are going to have a few different rivals. Like, yeah. that's just going to happen. LSU and Alabama, Ole Miss and Alabama is yeah. not a rivalry. Like, LSU and Alabama, that's Exactly. True. So, I think it's kind of that everybody has their predetermined three, and then it's up to everything else. But Mississippi State, um, not the mm. worst schedule, because you get Arkansas, Florida, Missouri, and A&M at home. Those are pretty good teams to be bringing in yeah. to play. And then on the road, of course, four tests. Mm-hmm. Four real tough games. Georgia, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Texas. That's a, a very tough away schedule, but I think it makes up for it on the home side. Yeah, I have to agree. And then Ole Miss, I think they have a very good schedule here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. <laughs> it is tough for sure, but it's good to bring in, obviously your toughest opponent of the year would be Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Maybe closer with LSU than yeah. most would think. But, um, yeah, Georgia bringing them in. But then you get Kentucky, Oklahoma, and Mississippi State at home. Mm-hmm. Those are th- That's big games to have at home, especially Mississippi State, of course. Yes. But 
having Kentucky at home makes it a little more comfortable to play them mm-hmm. as well as Oklahoma. I think Ole Miss, when you look at their schedule, has a very hard schedule. Yeah. For themselves. Oh, yeah. And you look at this, I believe we're also playing, oh, we have two Power 5 teams out of conference, I'm pretty sure. Mm. And then a group of five in FCS that year as well. So it's going to be a rough schedule for Ole Miss that year. It's going to be a hard, big testing year. Yeah. Uh, I want to see Ole Miss and, L- and Ole Miss and Tennessee play year in, year out. I think yeah. that would be – you looked at the Ole Miss-Tennessee game 2021. That was one of the biggest college football games of the year. They had some of the most people tuning into yeah. it. It was neck and neck. I think, especially with Lane Kiffin's history at Tennessee and the way Tennessee fans are, I think that'd be a great rivalry to start between the two. However, I don't think it's going to happen just because Tennessee's got a rough pod themselves. Yeah, they do. Uh, but Ole Miss's away games, Arkansas, Florida, LSU, South Carolina. I don't mind being on the road for Arkansas and Florida. Neither do I. Um, I think the only road game that's like re- realistically it's going to be really hard that you don't want to play in, yeah. obviously, is LSU. LSU. Florida's got a pretty good home environment. So does South Carolina. Arkansas, I went there last year for the game. It was okay. It was a good environment. It was it was fun. It was enjoyable. Not real. I mean, we got curb stomped. But it, it was it was just too unbelievably cold there. Yeah. Oof. But I don't think their home environment is that intimidating. Okay. Yeah. So I think the Ole Miss has a good schedule, but it's it's – doesn't do it for me. I wish I could see them play Alabama or Tennessee in the schedule. Yeah, I have to agree. I, I I think that's what we have right now is we play Alabama year in, year out, Auburn and LSU year in, year out. Yeah. And those are big games. I think uh, a rivalry with either bringing A&M back in year because Jimbo Fisher's scared. Yeah. He backed out 2020. If, y'all, if you can recall, he canceled <laughs> one game, then yep. canceled the makeup game. So... Uh, Jimbo Fisher's scared, but that's besides the point. Uh, I would love to see Ole Miss and Tennessee start up a rivalry, though. Yeah, I I think that there are two sort of histories. I think we said this uh, at some point, the Manning Bowl. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That would be so much fun to watch. But um, let's talk Texas A&M. At home, they've got Arkansas, which is a neutral site, and then they have LSU, Missouri, Texas, all at home. I I have a feeling A&M's is going to end up being – Arkansas, LSU, and Texas. Would yeah. that be okay? So that would be their three. Getting all three of those at home in the same year is great for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Missouri at home, uh, it's a, a pretty Missouri. easy one. But away, kind of tough. You got to play at Auburn, play at Florida, play at Mississippi State, and play at South Carolina. You know, Florida, not an easy place to play. No. Obviously. Auburn's not an easy place to play. Mm -mm. And then, you know, Mississippi State and South Carolina, it's kind of whatever, personally. Um, But uh, I think that they lucked out having some of their, really their tougher games at home, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in front of that huge crowd at Kyle Field. Yeah. But I think this is a great schedule. I I think for Texas A&M, this really fits for them. Yeah. uh, You know, they get to avoid Alabama. They get to avoid Tennessee, Georgia. But... They still have big-time games. We've seen great games between A&M and Florida. We've seen great games between them and LSU, of course. And then, you know, bringing in Texas as their rival. I would assume that's a rivalry week-type match. Oh, it has to be. Because 
like Texas and Oklahoma will probably play earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. If they even play each other, I haven't looked. I would assume they do. But um, I think A&M versus Texas should become the rivalry week game over LSU-Texas A&M. What about Oklahoma-Texas? Maybe. I just, that's the thing is if – because technically the, the LSU's ri- big rival in air quotes yeah, is A&M. A&M. Yeah. So I could see the SEC making – Texas Oklahoma the rivalry week game and putting mm-hmm. Texas and uh, Texas A and M like you know on a weekend where there's I think no we should game. just breed a rivalry between LSU and Oklahoma. Okay, <laughs> I would like that. Yeah, I feel like that would be a fun one. Um, but I, I think that A and M has they they lucked out, but I don't love this schedule. Yeah, um, I I would love to see them play Alabama just because I like to see Jimbo Fisher lose and whine. Fair enough. But you know, uh, and then Florida. Florida has, uh, I'd say, a pretty tough schedule. Yeah, that is definitely a hard schedule. So LSU at home, and then Kentucky, Ole Miss, and A&M all at home. So you you kind of luck out getting LSU at home, but either way, you're probably going to lose. Yeah. And then Ole Miss at home is helpful. Yeah. A&M at home is helpful because they have a huge home field advantage at the Swamp. Yeah. I, I can acknowledge that. doesn't help them all the time <laughs> against Florida State, but it will help them against teams like Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And though Florida versus Kentucky last year was interesting, yeah. <laughs> but uh, obviously Georgia, they'll face them at the neutral site away, um, and then they get Mississippi State at Tennessee and at Texas, at Tennessee, at Texas, and then of course the Georgia game. That's so brutal. <laughs> yeah, I think with adding the new teams. Florida's one of those teams that's going to get screwed over a little more. Honestly, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, Alabama are going to get screwed more because they're going to play harder games now. Because in yeah. these pods, Alabama's now probably going to play. I know for a fact Georgia will play Tennessee and Florida every mm-hmm. year. Florida's going to play Tennessee and Georgia every year as well. That really screws them too. Same yeah. with Tennessee because all three of those teams are really good. Alabama's probably going to start playing Texas. Is going to have uh, the their Alabama. So yeah. every year they had to play at least LSU and Auburn. That's always hard. And then I don't know who the third in their pod will be, but they are, they're they also going to have to play Georgia or Florida. Oh, Tennessee's the other one in their pod. So it's yeah. like they also, another one that kind of got, you know, kind of getting screwed with That's a really pod. tough pod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I guess, you know, Florida, their pod is interesting mm-hmm. because, yes, Georgia and Tennessee – are probably the ones in their pod. I think Kentucky. But is yeah, gonna be then the other Kentucky's going to be the other one. So they kind of look out there. Mm-hmm. But what I want to see more, because with these pod setups, we could breed some better rivalries across the divisions yeah. that once were, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> because like I want to see, like let's just start a rivalry between Florida and Mississippi State. I like, want to see, like, South Carolina, Arkansas. I yeah. think that would be such a good rivalry. Exactly. They're usually about the same – on the same page yeah. when it comes – year in, year out, they're about the same. South Carolina, Missouri would be another – like, well, I guess they're could, on the same side. Well, yeah. That's true. <laughs> but, like, um, like, you, like, South Carolina, Arkansas would be a great one. Ole yeah. Miss and Tennessee would be a great one. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of rivalries that can be created out of this system because, you know – in prior years, it's you play everybody in the West, mm-hmm. and then you get the like one, <laughs> yeah. maybe two games in the East. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I think that 
the SEC should put some concentration on on kind of breeding rivalries across these borders that yeah. we've set up prior. And I definitely think it should be teams like LSU that didn't that they have more rivalries, but they don't have one specific. Yeah. Because you know you have Ole Miss and LSU. There's hatred there. There, uh, we're right on top of one another. It's been, it's always been a big game yeah. between Ole Miss or sorry LSU Alabama, big one, but not their biggest. You know, so they're kind of forced this Texas A&M, LSU, and it's like, yeah. it's a good game, but it's like, eh, you know, there's no, like, real love loss there, you know? Yeah, it's just like, there's been some great matchups yeah. between the two. But, like, when LSU and Texas played in 2019 with Joe Burrow, yeah. that was a game. I think that would be an amazing rivalry to start. Yeah, uh, but let's talk about Georgia. I think Georgia kind of lucked out other than getting scheduled Alabama because you get Auburn, Florida, Mississippi State and Tennessee all at home. Yeah. So that's great for them. Mm-hmm. But then away, you obviously have to play in Tuscaloosa. That's going to be difficult, no matter yeah. what. No matter where they're playing, it's a difficult game. Yeah. But, first of all, I think Georgia-Alabama at a neutral site would be fantastic. Same. But they're not, they're not going to play two neutral site games in a season. I don't even know what neutral site you could do. Because, like, the Benz is really, that's in Georgia. You can't do Yeah, Allegiant but I Stadium. think there's enough. True. There's enough there yeah. for it like, I mean, to be Atlanta. Yeah, fair. Um, Or you just put them in, like, Tennessee. <laughs> Go <laughs> play, play in Nashville. Yeah, when the new Nashville stadium gets built, put yeah. them up there. Yeah, you kind of got to meet. Yeah, <laughs> fair. <laughs> I think that would kind of work. but Or they could switch neutral sites. Go, like, one at... Um, yeah, one at... Or even one in Alabama because it's not a big stadium. One in anymore. Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one in Nashville. One in one in Atlanta. Yeah. Because Tuscaloosa isn't that far from Nashville, is it? Um, Tuscaloosa is like kind of like if this is Birmingham, Tuscaloosa yeah. is like here. Okay. Ish. So like they just have to. I don't. Yeah. I don't fucking. I'm not gonna yeah. do the math. <laughs> but I. I do. I like how Georgia's schedule was set up here. Obviously, their pod being Auburn, Florida, and Tennessee. Yeah. Gotta keep that rivalry going. Yeah, but for this, like, I'd love to see, um, you know, like Georgia. They play Mississippi State relatively often. They do. I'd love for that to battle be the Bulldogs. A, yeah, I'd love for that to be a rivalry. I'd love for you know Georgia and Texas to be a rivalry because we saw them play in that bowl game. That mm-hmm. was like a heated battle. Yeah. Um, things like that. Like that would be great. Um, looks like like they play Ole Miss two years in a row. Uh, what three years? They played last we year. We played right? us. No, no, we, they didn't. We played Georgia. Went Chad Kelly's last year. At Ole Miss. So yeah. seven. It was Kirby's first year. Yeah. So seventeen. But they'll be playing them this year. They'll be playing them in twenty twenty four. Now, mm-hmm. that could kind of breed a rivalry. Like I would hate it. <laughs> but the problem, the problem here, like with what I was saying about throwing a West team into their kind of pod, is that with Georgia. Auburn, Florida, and Tennessee are the biggest rivalries on their schedule. Exactly. 100%. You can't take one of those off the schedule yeah. any year. Yeah. So that kind of throws things off. But I think for some of the smaller teams or the new teams into the conference, throwing in a team on the other side makes sense to kind of garner a rivalry. Because, like, Texas and Oklahoma don't have real rivalry. Like, really, Oklahoma doesn't have real rivalries in the SEC. Yeah. And so they're going to have to build some. Mm-hmm. And I think that it makes it way more interesting if we just make this Oklahoma versus Kentucky rivalry. Yeah. Like, something like that works well. And if you just make them play every year, they're going to start hating each other. <laughs> and I like what you're saying there is 
do your biggest rival, your three biggest rivals, yeah. and then screw it, throw in someone from the east or the west. Like, yeah. I want to see Ole Miss play State, Arkansas, and LSU every year because I hate State, I hate Arkansas, and I'm indifferent about LSU, but that's always – there's it's the Magnolia Bowl. It's uh, the yeah. big game between the two states. Every year, LSU fans swarm Oxford and vice versa down in Baton Rouge. It always draws a big crowd, big – a lot of people watch on TV. Yeah, so you have to have those three. I would love to see Ole Miss and Tennessee play every year. Yeah. I think that would be – I think everyone can agree from the 2021 matchup, it would be a great game to see every year because it's going to have two high-powered offenses yeah. and two pretty good defenses against one another. Nayland one year, and then the vault, you know, I love the vault. It's my home. That's my office, too, but it's <laughs> not the same as Nayland, but still, it would be two great football environments yeah. to see these two great teams play. Yeah, I love that. And like like we said with this, like you don't want to pick like, like Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. That's never going to be a rivalry, like a yearly rivalry. Yeah. Because they, they want you to relish mm-hmm. that matchup. They yeah. want you to, like, be like, oh, damn, like, they're not playing this year. We'll have to see how this plays out later. Yeah. And, like, it'll rewrite those storylines between the schools. But, you know, building up a rivalry between Georgia and Mississippi State, there's no problem with that. Exactly. It's yeah. not like, yeah, maybe Georgia's just going to dominate it every fucking year, but they're going to hate each other. Yeah. They're going <laughs> to Because hate. they're going to know that without fail, every single year, we have to – go to Starkville or they have to go to to Athens like they're going to have to match up yeah. and they're going to not like it. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what makes a good rivalry. Yep. There isn't a single Florida State fan that likes to go to Gainesville. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. even like stopping there. Yeah. Like I don't it doesn't matter. <laughs> but and I'm sure it's the same for there's not a single Alabama fan that likes to stop in Auburn. Yeah. Like that's just going to happen and I I think that Reading those things, like, there's just gonna be, like, if you do this, there's gonna be Georgia fans that aren't gonna stop in Starkville. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just the the nature of rivalries. And when you can take this opportunity of adding new teams in and, and kind of realigning everything, you also get this opportunity to create something new. Yeah. With these programs. Yep. Uh, but let's continue to Kentucky. Uh, they've got Auburn, Georgia, South Carolina, Vanderbilt at home. In a way, they have Florida, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Texas. So they only cross that East-West division three times, and Auburn really not – I don't consider them much of the West. <laughs> They're literally but, in the state of Georgia. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's like 10 miles from the border. But uh, having – these are tough away games for Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Like, a very tough away scout. Like, the only saving grace is that they're not away at Georgia, but Georgia's still going to go to Lexington and beat the brakes off of them. Yeah. And, but away at Florida, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Texas. That is fucking brutal. Yeah. they For Kentucky, this is, like, uh, extremely hard schedule. Yeah. Honestly, when 2024 rolls around, I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the top ten for the hardest schedules in the nation. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree. Especially with what they have right now, mm-hmm. it's going to be really difficult. Yeah. So they've got they had a tough draw here. Uh, Missouri, every schedule is going to be hard. <laughs> <It's Missouri. laughs> but at home, they've got Arkansas, Auburn, Oklahoma, Vanderbilt. In a way, they've got Alabama, Mississippi State, South Carolina, and A and M. 
That's brutal. I yeah. don't see a lot of wins there. I see two good games for them and the rest. Three good games for them. And the rest are just beatdowns. Yeah. But, like I said, maybe we just need to start, like, manufacturing this rivalry between, like, Missouri and Oklahoma. Yeah, that's what's going to have Fuck. to make sense is, like, put Missouri. Yeah. Like, when you look at Oklahoma, states close to Arkansas, Missouri, and Texas. Yeah. So, like, that's going to have to be their pod when you think about it. Yeah, like, exactly. It, like, I don't even know what the fuck Missouri's pod is here. Like, is it, what, like, Vanderbilt? I think it, I honestly don't know where's Vandy. Vandy. Maybe they threw Oklahoma in there for them? I would have to imagine, like, they would have to play Oklahoma. Like, that has yeah. to be in their pod, right? I think so. Because... Because I think Texas and, Texas and Oklahoma are technically in the same pod. Yeah. They're yeah. going to play every They're going to play each other every year. I don't know, man. This is hard. I want to see like the I want the SEC to officially release. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll put a little something together. Make a, a fucking whatever the hell a Venn diagram <laughs> of just all of it. Every every single way that the pods connect. I would love that. I'll put it together tonight. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but let's talk South Carolina. I think that you know, first glance, they kind of lucked out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, LSU, definitely. Ole Miss, Missouri, and A and M at home is very good for them. Mm-hmm. Because they have a great home environment. Yep. I I see two wins there with Missouri and A and M. I agree. personally, I, you know, we don't know what A and M could become. You know, yeah. <laughs> but Another. I see two wins there in twenty twenty four, and then they probably won't put up much of a fight against LSU. But I think bringing Ole Miss to South Carolina at least gives them a fighting chance. Yeah, I think the fact that's in South Carolina makes it a much better yeah, game. Definitely. Uh, but then away. Uh, one, you know, two tough environments to play in yeah. Tuscaloosa and Norman. But Kentucky and Vanderbilt, pretty easy places to play. Yeah. And I think that South Carolina may have gotten away with the easiest schedule here. Yeah. Um, For South Carolina, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're a growing team, too. So if they get better, you know, across this next season and bring in some good guys for 2024 mm-hmm. – this might end up being such an easy schedule for them. Yeah. Maybe, like, yeah. you know, outside of LSU and Alabama, they could win six of these games. They could, very much. But uh, Tennessee, at home, they've got Florida, Alabama, Mississippi State, Kentucky. Away, they've got Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Georgia, Oklahoma. The biggest thing I see here is that they should have switched state with Ole Miss. <laughs> I yeah. wish they did. Because, like we've gone on and on about, is that that matchup would be way better. There's way more stake in that matchup. Mm-hmm. You get the Manning brothers involved. It, exactly. There's way more in it if you were to make them into a rivalry. Because there is so yeah. much that goes in it. There's not a lot of it. There's no history to it. But when you look at like Lane Kiffin was there yeah. at Tennessee for a season, gets up leaves. The Mannings went to the opposite schools. There's a yeah. lot of things, like little things into it. And Tennessee's hatred for Lane Kiffin is hilarious. Yeah, exactly. They throw mustard bottles and got golf balls <laughs> at him. <laughs> like, yeah. But I, I will say um, they at least got Florida and Alabama at home. Yeah. So they lucked out there. Tough to play at Sanford Stadium and tough to play in Norman. Yep. But I think they were lucky to get Oklahoma over Texas. Yeah, I agree. Um, but you get to play at Vanderbilt and Arkansas away. That's big. Kentucky's going to shit the bed in Neyland, of course. Um, the Mississippi State probably won't even have a chance in Neyland either. Nope. <laughs> but 
Florida, you never really know. But at Neyland, it's going to be tough. Alabama, it's just going to be a fucking amazing game. Yeah. And then Georgia is going to be a great game. Also, you kind of don't know how that one's going to go. But I I think the Tennessee, kind of middle of the pack here. There's some games that excite me, but I don't fucking care about Mississippi State, Kentucky, or Vanderbilt. Or Arkansas, really, on this schedule for Tennessee. And, you know, you got to keep Vanderbilt in there. It's the in-state rivalry or whatever, but it's... I will say that, though, they did a great job of kind of crossing the border. Yes. Um, you know, scheduling Alabama, Arkansas, Oklahoma, like all on, and Mississippi State on the schedule, I think is great. Yeah, they have four and four. Of yeah. East-West. It's a perfect split. And then Vanderbilt, they've got at home, Oklahoma, or, sorry, Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas. Luckily, they're at home. Unfortunately, they're going to lose all of them. Yep. <laughs> Maybe not South Carolina, but they're going to lose just about all of them. Yeah. Away, they got kind of lucky to be playing, like, you know, Texas, or Kentucky and Missouri away. Yeah. But LSU and Auburn, they're going to get fucking shit on. Yeah, those are gonna, they're going to get stomped. Yeah. And then Oklahoma, who I think got fucking brutal. A yeah. brutal fucking schedule. They want to teach them a lesson, obviously. <laughs> yeah, at home, <laughs> which Texas is a neutral site, but they get Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina at home. Whew. Okay, yeah. away, Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, Missouri. <coughs> like, fuck, dude. First year in the SEC and they're getting this? They said you're running the gauntlet. Yeah, only way this gets harder is you switch Missouri with Georgia. I was about to say, <laughs> if they really hate them, they'd switch Missouri and Georgia and, like, put Tennessee – you know, Tennessee, yeah, they're already playing Tennessee. Like, yeah. They put Florida instead of South Carolina. Hell. They said yeah. you're running a gauntlet. If they did that, yeah. they'd be like, F you, man. Better, <laughs> you better schedule four fucking FCS opponents. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, punishing old Brent and Venables for beating Alabama twice. Yeah, true. <laughs> and then to round it out, Texas. They've got at home Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and Mississippi State, which I think all four could be very good games. Yeah. Because you're – Obviously, in Austin, but you're bringing Georgia to Austin. You're bringing Florida to Austin. And then Kentucky and State, not a big deal. But on the road, Arkansas, Oklahoma, of course, and then A&M and Vanderbilt. Going to A&M is fantastic for this rivalry. And then you get relatively easy away games with Arkansas and Vanderbilt. I wish Alabama would get I've gotten Texas. Yeah, me too. But then again, they played last year. They're going to play this year. True. Why would they make them play three years in a row? Yeah. But I think overall, they did a very good job with these teams. Yes, yeah, I have to agree. Overall, this is a – each team, for who they are, they got very good games. Yeah. So let's go ahead and kind of have this discussion. Looking back at them, who do you think got off the easiest? Who got off the easiest? Because, like, we, we were going through, and I was like, oh, man, like, each one, it's, like, kind of hard in its own right. Yeah. But I would arguably say, uh, I don't know, because, like, I, I've thought a couple of them. I'm like, oh, no, not really. Then I keep looking. Yeah. And, I mean, I think arguably, especially with Hugh Freeze coming in, Auburn kind of got the easier route because they really only have Alabama and Georgia that are, like, tough, tough. Yeah. Uh, so besides those two games, all their other games, 
for Auburn with Hugh Freeze should be winnable. Um, but the right, I mean, all of them are just so hard. Yeah, I think Texas got a little little easier because they got Florida Georgia home. Yeah, I'm in the same boat on that. Uh, but it, I think Arkansas. Arkansas got off a little bit easy. Yeah. Though you get LSU and Tennessee and Texas, your away games aren't the worst. Um, yeah, their away games are pretty And simple. luckily you get the home atmosphere to help you out in your toughest games. Yeah, their four home games are easily the toughest games in their schedule. Yeah, and um, but personally I, I really do think that Texas got away the easiest. Yeah. Like LSU's isn't that bad. Because you get, once again, your hardest games of the season are at home. Alabama, yeah. Oklahoma, Ole Miss. Those are your most likely hardest games, unless yep. A&M's pretty good. Those will be your hardest games. They're all at home. And for LSU, being at home is huge. Oh, yeah. But, obviously, a win against Vanderbilt. And in a way, you play in an atmosphere that isn't great in Arkansas. But, you know, three, a little bit tougher atmosphere. South Carolina, not as tough as... Florida and A&M, mm-hmm. but I, I think LSU got away with a relatively easy schedule, but I think overall it's got to be Texas with the easiest. Yeah. I think State is one of those that got a really hard one. Yeah. They got a lot of the hard schools. Yeah, I State, think Missouri and Vanderbilt, for them being Missouri and Vanderbilt, got screwed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I think, though, the hardest is Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma got fucking just absolutely drilled with this They guy. gave them the gauntlet. Yeah, no, they really did. Like, it is such a difficult schedule yeah. for their first season in the SEC. Yeah, they'd be lucky to go 6-6. Six and six. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Cause I mean, I'm looking at this. They can beat Texas, okay. Maybe, that's all it's Maybe. Up. Who knows? yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a rivalry, but Alabama, Tennessee, damn. Yeah. South Carolina, if they're... Not easy. Yeah, not an easy school. Auburn, again, with Hugh Freeze, two years yeah. under his belt. In Auburn as well. LSU... And Death Valley, yeah, Ole Miss and Oxford, who again will be a lot of tr- good new coat. Everything's yeah. looking really good for these other schools. Any Missouri, yeah, <laughs> you know they're got to give them the one. Yeah, you know you got to have but the one. I I think nobody contends with how difficult Oklahoma's schedule. Oh yeah, Oklahoma's Oklahoma's rough. Like it is absolutely brutal what yeah. they did to them. But, you know, a couple other teams that maybe got off a little easy, like Florida, I, I feel like, you know, because of the teams that are kind of predetermined for them, I think outside of those, they got off a little bit easy yeah. outside of LSU. But you bring them home, so that's not as bad as it could be. But you get Kentucky at home, Ole Miss, and A&M at home. Like, that's three teams that those the outcomes of that game could be influenced by the atmosphere. Yep. And then away – um, you get Georgia and Tennessee, of course, very difficult games, as well as Texas. But Mississippi State, you kind of get off easy there as well. Now, what's going to make this even harder is once they do put it into the schedule. Yeah. What week we're playing who. Exactly. Cause That's like, the biggest thing. That like can... if, if Florida ends up playing Georgia and Tennessee back-to-back, they're fucked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's just say you got LSU, Ole Miss, Georgia, Tennessee, back-to-back-to-back-to-back. To back to back to back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're not winning. You might win the first game, but you're not winning the next three. Yeah, they'll like. be the only team praying for a fucking bye week. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that. But then let's say most entertaining – or no, let's go least entertaining. Who is the most boring schedule to watch? The most boring? Uh, probably 
I feel like it's kind of hard to not just say Missouri because yeah. Missouri will be on the field in all of those games. I was about to say, I want to say, I, to say, I didn't want to hate on them, but I was about to say, honestly, probably Missouri or Vanderbilt because it's yeah. Missouri and Vanderbilt. Yeah, like at least there's something to watch in Vanderbilt. Yeah, Vandy, you know, they got some they got some hype with them. Yeah. With that new hey, what, what do you think about, uh, so um, I was, me, Colin, and Nathan did our episode last Tuesday. Yeah. And, or last Wednesday, and we went through a list from Saturday Down South of the teams that have better quarterback rooms in Alabama. And Vanderbilt was relatively high on that list. And they said that A.J. Swan will play NFL football. Really? Yeah. That's a bold take. Yeah. I would have to see him this season. Because uh, I, I, like, I saw what he did last year. He's good, but I don't think Ver- he's NFL good. Yeah, very much a good quarterback. Maybe he ends up on a roster. Yeah, he may be a backup, but I don't think he's ever going to be a star. No. I don't think he'll ever see a single down in the NFL if he makes it there. Yeah. Keyword is if. I don't think he's making out of college. Yeah. It, we'll we might see him see. in the USFL, maybe. Yeah, if he makes some big strides, maybe this year, we could see him transfer somewhere mm-hmm. that is maybe a bigger market for him to do well. Yeah. You know, maybe go to, like, um, like a Penn State-type team. Yeah. Um, or, you know, maybe he stays in the SEC and moves up, but I don't really see that one happening. Well, Vanderbilt does have a history of pretty decent quarterbacks. You got, uh, oh, what's his face that played at the Bears? Forever. Jay Cutler. And then there was, and then the he got drafted not too long ago, uh, a few years ago. What's his name? Forgot his name. He'll, he'll come to me. Well, like I, I guess it's been many years now because it was like sixteen or seventeen. I have no idea who you're talking about right now. Yeah, he's gonna come to me. Yeah, I, and I'm gonna feel like an idiot, but. Um, yeah, I think that I think Missouri, you know, even though they fucking suck, it, that makes them the least uh, exciting because, like, yeah, they're gonna play Alabama, which people are gonna watch because Alabama's in it. But like, I don't care for Arkansas versus Missouri. I don't care for Auburn versus Missouri, Mississippi State, like South Carolina, kind of, but A and M versus Missouri. Like, none of those games make me want to watch. Yep. So I think they have the least entertaining schedule. Who do you think has the most? Entertaining schedule. Oklahoma. Yeah, the hard. They yeah, have, it's the most testing for sure, and that's going to be down. something to watch. It's going to be very entertaining. But besides that, uh, as an Ole Miss fan, I think Ole Miss's schedule is going to be very fun. Yeah. Georgia, Kentucky, Oklahoma, and of course the rivalry Mississippi State still have Arkansas, then LSU, Florida, and South Carolina. That's a pretty fun schedule. Yeah, I, I think that Tennessee has an entertaining one just because we know how good they are. Yeah. And for them to be playing Florida, Alabama. Georgia and Oklahoma on that schedule. Mm-hmm. That's going to be some entertaining games. Um, I think they're definitely up there. I think that, you know, Georgia, just because we get to watch them play Alabama, like Georgia and Alabama have entertaining schedules because they're on each other's schedule. Yep. Um, but, like, getting to see Alabama, I, I think Alabama really might have the most entertaining. Other than the fact that they don't have Texas, they have Auburn, Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, Tennessee. Yeah. Like, that's a very good batch of teams for them to be playing. Yeah. So. I think for Ole Miss, if you replaced Florida or Kentucky or South Carolina with Tennessee, we would not open. If we, you replaced South Carolina or Tennessee, Ole Miss would have the hardest schedule by far. Yeah, other than they avoid Alabama. Yeah. But if you can replace it, I think that would be the most interesting and the most entertaining to watch. And it would. Yeah. Because every team we play this or this upcoming year, not this year, this following year, it's going to be a tough game. Yeah. So, I think that goes for everybody in the SEC, though. 
Because every team in the SEC, with the exception of Missouri, is trending upwards. Even Vanderbilt is trending upwards. Yeah, that's true. Missouri is the only team that's literally... Well, A&M. Well, A&M, but <laughs> they can get the recruits. So yeah, they'll that's, always that's be true. in the mix of being good. They have the money for the coaches. Yeah, and the players. And the players. <laughs> so, with the exception of Missouri, no matter who you play in the SEC, it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, I think that was fun to run through. Oh, yeah. I'm, it makes me excited for 2024. So excited. But I'm much more excited for 2023. I cannot wait. Yeah, I can't wait for college football to start. But Only like 10 Saturdays, dude. Yeah. 10 Saturdays. 10 Saturdays. But that also means the school starts back up. <laughs> Tell me about it, dog. But let's get into this top three, bottom three. Just create a little more college excitement. Division one college mascots and the stipulations here. There cannot be a human, an animal, or a vehicle, mainly Georgia Tech, and I guess Oklahoma as well. You and consider, Purdue. Yeah, uh, Purdue is a train, so that wouldn't count as a count either. But they do have um, a mascot costume as well. Um, but, so it has to be a costume of sorts. It can't just be like a normal-ass dude with clothes. Yeah. <laughs> like, it can't be that. Can't be, like, unfortunately, no Chief Osceola and Renegade. Dang. No, no Leprechaun. For Notre Dame, but also no Ugga, no Mike the Tiger, no um, Bevo, like none of those. And then, of course, no Rambling Wreck. <laughs> so, Brock, you've got the first pick on the top. Who do you think is the best D1 college mascot? The tree. Sanford. Stan- okay. It's so funny. Watching it's the funny, but tree. is it good? The little kids <laughs> like it. That's all that matters. Man. Okay, I will say... Elite mascot to use in NCAA. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, mascot matchup? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that one. I think the easiest 1-1, one, one, though, is Donald Duck. Oregon's Donald Oh, yeah. Uh, he yeah. is the most entertaining guy to watch. He he's he's a, an aesthetically look, good-looking duck. He is. He, <laughs> a he, much better bird mascot than Miami. Oh, by far. Miami's duck. Uh, I guess it's sucks. a duck. Is it a duck? He's an ibis. Ibis, yeah. Yeah. He's an ibis, but he looks like shit. Yeah. So, I, I think Oregon's got that one. And it, can't, it, it just an uh, actual mascot. Yeah. So like they gotta have like a costume, like at least a head that they. Put so on. like yeah, I'm uh, playing the matchup mascot matchup. It has yeah. to be on that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, who's got a good one though? Um, no, he kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I like Mike the Tiger. Oh, like no, the mascot. Like version. the mascot. Yeah, version. yeah, yeah. He's usually pretty fun. Okay. Yeah, I like. I think he's one of the best tiger mascots. I think he is too. Yeah, it's between like him and then Auburn. I think has a really good tiger. Are they the war eagles or are they the the yeah, tigers? Yeah, but knows? Aubie is a, a pretty good looking tiger mascot. Fair. Yeah. I'm gonna go for one that is a little more unknown, mm-hmm. and it's Wooshock, Wichita State's mascot. I don't know if you've actually seen this one. I don't think I've seen it. I knew they were the but, <laughs> It is fantastic. He looks like a fuckboy. I love him. <laughs> he looks like an absolute douchebag. <laughs> no, I love it. Because this, so it used to be this thing. Whatever the fuck that thing was is horrible. But the new mascot, because like the, 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 their logo itself is great. I like their logo, yes. Like, it's fantastic, but... When you give him this fuckboy haircut and, like, he's got that shit-eating grin on his face, it's so fucking good. Yeah, you know uh, Ted Lasso was your uh, last head coach. That's true. Yeah, their last head coach was Ted Lasso. 
Hello, like, dude, Elvis. he's fucking Elvis. Like, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. But like, you can see, like, the hair gets long sometimes, <laughs> and he looks like a fucking villain. But he's also got like this, like, do like this hairdo that just screams like asshole. And I love, it. I love that energy from Woo Shock. <laughs> I like it. All right, what is your third one? For number three. Syracuse Orange. Love it. Love it. I, I think it's an entertaining one, for sure. He looks so funny. Yeah. But I he just seems happy. Yeah. Happy but to be an orange. I'm with my final one on the top three. I'm gonna go for the more entertaining color, which is big red. With uh Western Kentucky's big red. Yeah. Obviously not fucking Arkansas's big red. That shit yeah. sucks. But Western Kentucky's Big Red is literally just like fucking red version of Grimace from McDonald's. <laughs> like it's literally the the weirdest looking fucking mascot, but he just he looks huggable. He does. He does. Yeah. So yeah, I had to take Big Red. Any honorable mentions? I think I think Colonel Reb. I I couldn't in in good faith take him. I could not either. <laughs> There's but, a reason we're not allowed to represent him officially. Yeah, so I had had to leave him off there, but he is an honorable mention. Uh, the history behind the actual reason Ole Miss is the Rebels yeah. makes sense once you learn it, but however, there is the there is a lot of things connected with it, and I understand why we yeah. don't represent him. However, he is a badass mascot. He is, for sure. I'm trying to think any other good ones. They kind of fit like Akron. That's a good yeah. one. Uh, Toledo, fantastic one. Um, yeah, I think those are kind of the main ones. And then, like we said, Aubie is a pretty solid Tiger. Yeah. Um, but I kind of like the Florida Gators. They're pretty. I don't know. He looks kind of like, weird. Well, like they kind of look like Gators, though. They don't. Yeah, like, they do. I'll give them that. They look like the nice Disney version. Yeah. Of Gators. What is it? it's Albert and Alberta? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Big Al. I don't know. I can't. Well, I Big can't. Al is actually Alabama. Yeah, Big right? Al is <laughs> Alabama. Albert is Florida. But I'm going to go ahead and take my first one on the bottom. I've got a couple of deep cuts here. Um, oh, sorry. One honorable mention I did after the top. Ramses, the UNC mascot. Oh, yeah. He looks sick. I think he's – so, like, um, what, Navy has a similar mascot, but yeah. I think Ramses is a little more animated and yeah. it looks a little cooler. I agree. But my first on the bottom, I'm going to go with Oski. That's Cal Berkeley's mascot. He is this. the saddest sack of shit ever. It it is so fucking gross. Like yeah. it is so bad. Oh, <laughs> dude. Oh god. That is fucking like did that's that? nightmare fuel. That's like it uh, looks like a nineteen forties like. Oh lord. Yeah, fucking. Someone brutal. needs to shoot him. And he's like fat. Yeah. And, and like he literally has like a fat suit on under his shirt. It is fucking disgusting. Oh, God, that's horrid. Yeah. Like, I said that, like, the shit-eating grin of Wooshock was great. This grin is fucking this terrifying. Is, yeah, this is like, I'm going to wake up and see this. It's going to eat me alive. Yeah. This is actually, like, something in a horror movie. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, For my pick, I'm, I'm, I hate to say it, but it's very unfortunate. But I'm going to have to go with Tony the Landshark, Ole Miss. Yeah. He just did not, he just, I don't know how I feel about him. I'm, I'm not going to say he's the worst ever, but, because when you go with the shark, it's kind of hard, but I, I just think he looked funny. Just did yeah. not look right. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're a, when you're a land shark, you, you have very few options. But, you know... I, I don't hate it, but I it's don't not hate great. It. Yeah, I don't hate it, but <laughs> I feel like you could have done a better job. Yeah, the, yeah. if it looked more like Mississippi State's AI version. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we need? We just need real sharks. Just bring real shark onto yeah, the field. Yeah, put a shark in it. No, put a shark on a leash and drag him across the field. <laughs> drag a shark out of water across Bot Hemingway Stadium. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what we need to do. All right. I think for my second one, I'm going to go for Purdue Pete. He just looks weird as fuck. <laughs> like, it, it really sucks. He does look terrible. Especially the old version. Yeah, the old version is horrid. Yeah, like that's fucking scary. <laughs> Dude, that's like... I'm. And he's got to... a hammer. It doesn't help, like... But it looks like I think the it's a plastic. The cartoon version of him looks head. nice. I think it's plastic. Yeah. Oh, I think it is. It, Remember it, that guy has giant arms. Though. Good lord. Gross. Well, this guy's got a giant chest. <laughs> but like the, car- <laughs> like the cartoon of uh, that one, like there yeah, there this one's cool. not bad. Like yeah, like the cartoon version's great. They pulled that off very well. But he just looks like a concerned plastic head. <laughs> Extremely concerned. Yeah, and like they just like threw pads on him. Even at a basketball game, he looks weird. Yeah. Actually, more at a basketball game, he looks weird than a football game. Yeah. Is that a pinata? Did I just see a pinata version? <laughs> oh. The fuck is that? Oh my god. That I don't is that know. Paper mache? I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I, yeah. Ooh. I'm definitely having nightmares tonight. Yeah. Purdue Pete will be chasing me with his hammer in my in my nightmares. <laughs> but who is your second pick? My second pick? Um, I just passed him, and I don't know. I forgot his name. Oh, yeah. I don't like Buckeye. Yeah. I just don't like it. Yeah, he looks weird. He looks stupid. Yeah. He has a really sure. skinny body, but a giant head. Why? Yeah. Like, I get that he's supposed to look like a Buckeye, but... Dude sucks. Nah, yeah, he sucks. He only he, the only time he's cool is when Corso puts his head on. Yeah, that's, and that's true. That's just because it's Lee Corso. Yeah, seeing that, see, like it, it doesn't work on like a skinny dude's body, but when yeah. you see his head on Lee Corso, it just much works. better. Yeah. <laughs> Lee Corso should just be the Ohio State mascot and just go out and watch him lose every time he puts his head on. You know, that's true. <laughs> but my final one on the bottom, I can't decide because, okay, I'm gonna take Pistol Pete. Oklahoma State, because kind of for the same reason um, as Purdue Pete, he has this plastic head. Yeah. But there's just something off with this one. I think the head in the hat is a little too much. If he's not a plastic, I bet he probably would be a little cooler looking. Yeah, because, like, he's just he, – it's, it's just a little bit much here – with Pistol Pete, like, I get the outfit, but also, does he really need that big of a head? Yeah. There, there's no way that's coming. Imagine me the guy, like, yeah, here's a 80-pound plastic, <laughs> plastic head. head. Try not to sweat and have a heat stroke out there with his yeah. eye. Yeah. I, I do, I can say that I do appreciate the details on his face. Yeah. Like, very well done. You could tell he the art students did a good job on that. Yeah. But... It's just a little, a little creepy. Why don't they just get like a real cowboy out there? I don't know. Is that what the Texas Tech just has a cowboy with the Raider thing on? Yeah, 
Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, he's got this cape and a mask. Yeah. I, I think that, that works way better. Yeah, that's what they should have <laughs> done for the Cowboys, because they're in Oklahoma. I bet they're really easy to find. Yeah. And, like, their drawn logo looks great. Yeah. I like that. Like, them and New Mexico State, very similar. But uh, I, I think they did a great job drawing it, but when you put it in human form, it, it fucking sucks. Yeah. All right, your last one. Or wait, did you already do your last one? Hold on, am I stupid? I no, did this is your last one. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to go with Lil Red from uh, Nebraska. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he's just kind of fun, funny looking. Yeah, I agree. He he is a little off. He looks like... Um, well, he's an inflatable. He's like... Uh, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. And I've seen him do some weird things. Yeah, he looks like we might need to put yeah. him... <laughs> and, and honestly, an honorable mention of mine, the guy sitting right next to him in this picture. Yeah, I don't know who that is, but... Um, fuck, I can't, I can't remember. It's uh, Howie Husker. He just looks... He looks too animated. Yeah, I have to agree. It like, just... he, <laughs> I wish he was just not a human. I wish he was something else. Oh, <laughs> Is it Howie? Is it something else? Am I stupid? Maybe. Yeah, I just don't like, uh, don't, not a fan of Nebraska's mascots. Herbie. Herbie Husker. Yeah, I just, I can't do the chin. The chin... And the cheekbones yeah. bother me. Nebraska alters Herbie Husker cartoon over white supremacy. Well, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bottom, bottom. <laughs> Honorable mention on the bottom. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Disavow. I disavow Herbie Husker. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck Lil Red. He's a bitch. All right. Um, another honorable mention, the Demon Deacon. Yeah, he, he deserves to be up there. Once again, just <coughs> too much detail, maybe? I just He has a blank face. He looks like a Muppet. Yeah, he does. He looks like the old guys. Yeah, he should be heckling me is what he should be doing. Yeah, I can't appreciate the motorcycle. I fuck with that. I do, I do like that. I like the motorcycle. If but, he had a little more characteristic, maybe. Yeah, that's a fuck. I don't think he has eyebrows Whoa. either, which makes me uncomfortable. Whoa. Whoa. That looks a little questionable. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, if he had some... Yeah, he did, does he have eyebrows? They didn't give him eyebrows. Yeah, or they're very thin if they did. A new Demon Deacon question mark? I don't know. Yeah, no eyebrows. That's fucked up. I if think... he had eyebrows, he'd look a little more normal. Yeah. But also, the chin is just fucking massive. It's so aggressive. Yeah, yeah. It's a little <laughs> too much. Yeah, give him eyebrows and make him a little more realistic. Like, not realistic, yeah. but like a little, give him a little more characteristics. And maybe yeah. it'd be better. Like, or maybe put him in a jersey. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, uh, do away with the, the coat. Put him in a baseball jersey at the, the College World Series. Which one? I got Oh, that's not bad. See, the the metal statue of him looks realistic. Yeah, I looks like much it. better. Well, I guess a deacon, you know, they're church people. So yeah. maybe that's why he's dressed up. Maybe. I don't know, but yeah, that one's just a creepy looking one, mainly because he has no eyebrows. Yeah, give him eyebrows. Start the petition now. Give Demon Deacon eyebrows. Yep. Hashtag it. <laughs> we're going to get him. We're going to fix him up. Yeah, I, I agree. And then uh, another honorable mention on the bottom, 
Stanford tree. I think it could go both ways. It could be really shitty or really good. I th- it's so shitty, it's good in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, but That's it's it also like one. it's an ever-changing mascot. Yeah. Um, like there's so many iterations of it that just, there's really not like a great one to choose because like they have the more <laughs> modern one, which is horrid, which sucks. There's yeah. too much open space, and then yeah. you have like this one with the crazy eyes and the mouth. You you really kind of get everything here. Um, with this one, because like, like, God, what's the what's up with the skinny one? Yeah, well, why are you so skinny? Be a tree. You're bigger. Yeah, than and me. I know this is like an art project thing. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. It's like the art students design it themselves, but it's so all over the place, man. I I, I just I, I like can't. that one. This one. The one in the middle. Oh, the middle. Yeah, that's, that's the, the one, one I like. Well, he needs to have the hat, like the one in NCAA. Yes. This one. That's the one I always think of. Yeah. That's why I picked him. I just think it's so crappy, it's good. Yeah, I, I can... I appreciate that. Because it's like... For, who, who wants to be the trees? Yeah. Well, it's literally... Like, a majority of the time, it's just like a guy in shorts <laughs> yeah. under it. That's also a problem. <laughs> I don't want to see your actual legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta wear the gr- brown bottoms, dude. Come yeah. On. You gotta I, be the stump. Yeah, you at least need to have a trunk. Yeah, not come just. On. Skinny fucking legs. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think that'll do it for us there. Oh, God. <laughs> TCU's blowing Oral Roberts out of the water. Yeah, that ruins my day. <laughs> I hate TCU. But, Brock, once again, thank you for coming on, and thank you for listening. We wouldn't be able to do it without you. So keep reviewing. Start sharing it. Share it with your friends. Share it on your Instagram story. You guys all have a link. Yeah. You guys all know how to do that. You're tech-savvy people. And share with hashtag give Demon Deacon eyebrows. <laughs> all right? Yeah. Yeah, let's get it started. Hashtag give the Demon Deacon eyebrows. <laughs> um, I'll be sure to post it. <laughs> 100%. And, um, Until it happens, I'm hashtagging it in every post. <laughs> start commenting on random people's posts. It'll, get, it'll start making ground. Oh, yeah. That's going to be our first movement. That's going to really break us out. Oh, yeah. We 100%. started... The petition for the Demon Deacon to get eyebrows. <laughs> but uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you're following on all the socials. Make sure you're uh, following on the podcast streaming sites. Subscribing on YouTube. Commenting, liking. Uh, giving us five stars on the podcast sites. And uh, make sure you're joining that subreddit. Uh, like I said last week, I want to get that thing going. So, um, yeah. You'll have me and Luke on on Friday. A ton of soccer news to talk about. Tons of everything to talk about there. and um brock once again thank you for coming on man uh and we will see y'all on friday peace